Hello, Pupi. Hola. Hello, the Kamazar. <laughs> Hello, Pupalat. Are we going to get canceled now? Is this like mildly racist? What? Is it mildly racist the way we started the show tonight? What, doing an Adam Sandler voice? I don't know, man. It sounded more like a, like a cholo voice. I don't even know what that is. Mm, good for you. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. Good for what you. What is that? A cholo, it's like, you know, like a one of them, the Mexican dudes from L.A. What, like a Cheech and Chong impersonation? That type of thing? Yeah, I guess. Maybe that'll work. Oh, no. No? No, not a, no. So it's just Adam Sandler. That was that. That's what I was doing. I don't know what you were doing. Oh, I see. Okay. Does that mean you've been watching uh, Adam Sandler Christmas specials? No, he had a Halloween special, but I didn't, I wasn't able to see it. But he was doing that weird, like, baby voice of his, which yeah, yeah. which I I thought he was so far past, but obviously he wasn't. Well, you know, he, uh, he's got that Netflix deal, so he's got to make that money. And people expect old Adam Sandler jokes because he was funny back then. Hey, I don't even mind his romantic comedy stuff. I don't mind that. Yeah, I guess so. I'll, th- I'll throw that on every once in a while. Mm. You know what's what's strange? When you think back to like his SNL cast, mm-hmm. I would say the two least favorite people are now my probably my favorite people really? from that from that cast. Yeah. Okay, do tell. I love me some David Spade now. Oh, wow. Okay. And I love Adam Sandler. Do I like Adam Sandler movies or his characters? Probably not. But an Adam Sandler interview? Love him. Hmm, Love him. Love love his insight. Love his uh, look on the world. Uh, But David Spade, I I do like his comedy. Hmm. I haven't heard David Spade comedy in like uh, 20 years, so I couldn't tell you. But sure. I do remember liking what was that radio sh- the the TV show about the radio station? News radio. N- News radio. Yeah, that's it, right? With David Spade and Joe Rogan and uh, what's Andy his name? Dick, Bill Hartman. Yep, and Andy Dick. And Andy Dick. Yep. I I used to even watch his Comedy Central late night show that he would have stand. But you know me, I like stand up comics. Mm-hmm. And those those were pretty much his only guests. So to hear stand ups like. Uh, trolling the news and mm. throwing out little funny bits for a half hour. Yeah, sign me up. And I do, and I, I think he's quick. I think he's very funny, especially on like uh, talk shows. Ah, like he's one of the few people that don't just come on and like, I'm pretty awesome. What are we gonna talk? Like <laughs> you could tell there's something old school about him. Like he comes prepared with bits. Mm. Like him and Martin Short, they don't go in cold. Like they are like crafting. I have this, you know, I have Fallon's attention for eight minutes. I have to be entertaining. I have to be on. So this right. is what I'm going to talk about. Hmm. Like he still does that. And I appreciate that. Hmm. What are you farting over there? What's happening? No, stupid. You either heard the dishwasher or my stupid chair. <laughs> it's probably your chair. It sounds yeah. like a fart. Sorry, Valley. <laughs> Well, you're very accusative this episode. Am My I? Lord. First the cholo and now the chair part. Is that true? I don't think so. Oh, I, think, I think you're making stuff up. Maybe. I'm trying to think what the last... No, what it might be? It might be the microphone 
on the zipper of my shirt. Oh, that could be it. All right, I'm ta- I'm taking off this oh this sweater thing that I'm wearing. Hold on. Maybe Bring you have maybe your button. microphone is next to your butthole. Possibly. Uh-huh. Then I would really be ripping one. Mm-hmm. Hold uh, on. Yeah, you do that. While you do that, let me uh I'll, I'll keep talking. I'm trying to think the the last Adam Sandler movie that I saw and found funny. I think was uh Chuck and Larry. That was that was all right. Oh, so much better. Okay. Okay, so that was the last one. But uh and then so I was like, okay, like this is fine. Uh and then he came out with Zohar, which I went to the movies to see with my girlfriend at the time, and that was terrible. And that's when I quit like really caring about Adam Sandler. I mean like Grown Ups was kinda of funny. Um I like them in Hotel Transylvania, but that's not like I mean, I guess it's kinda of Adam Sandler ish. But not yeah, really. isn't that still his his uh, production house? Yeah, yeah, he still does those. He plays uh, Dracula. Right, but I think he, I think that's his house. That's like, that isn't him doing it for like Universal. Mm. That's still under his like production banner. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's that whatever it is, Happy Happy, Happy Madison, Happy Madison, Happy Madison. Sure, I think so. Let's go with that. Yeah, interesting. But uh, but yeah, aside from that, I don't really care too much anymore. I hear you. I mean, I watch every once in a while one of his romantic comedies. I watched that Jennifer Aniston one because the wife wanted to watch it. And Mm. was it certainly the best thing I've ever seen? Heck no. But can I sit through Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, Yeah, I can do that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's all right. What's uh? And you... I did watch. Speaking of Spade, I did watch. What was it? The Wrong Girl. I don't know. The Wrong Mickey. I forget. Here you I go think... with the racist terms again. God I damn. I think it. it's. I think it's the. Is it that something like that? It's somebody's name. But I love me some um, Lauren Lapkus, who was in that. Ah. I've loved her from pot from comedy podcast. God for like five years now. I see. So I saw her and Spade were like hooking up for a movie. I was like, and then Spade threw out the premise, which was he goes on this terrible blind date, which was Lauren Lapkus character. And I think her name was like, let's just say it's like Melanie. Um, And he goes back to the office the next day complaining how it was just a date from hell. Hmm. And then uh, he is on a business trip, runs into this one woman who is like his, you know, ideal, like beautiful woman, his ideal bait. And he finds out her name is whatever, Melanie, Mel, whatever. But it's a similar name. So when he puts it into the person, like when he puts their phone number into his phone, mm-hmm. he just so happens chooses the wrong person to invite on this business trip. And the person that he invites, of course, turns out to be Lauren Lapkus. Gotcha. Lauren Lapkus, I don't... If you don't want to see this movie, that's fine. I get it, because it is pretty much a dumb comedy. (laughs) But it is one of those things, it's like, how many of those type of movies have you seen that's just sort of, there's some gross-out moments, there's some, like, completely over-the-top, like, you have to unplug your brain type of thing? Mm -hmm. Like, God, those... Like that type of comedy is just not in vogue right now. I don't know what comedy is in vogue, to be honest with you. Like it just doesn't seem like comedies 
<laughs> comedy's a money maker at this point, other than like Sandler getting, you know, other than like on streaming services. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Lauren Lapkus, I swear to God, like watching her, the amount of like physical comedy she's doing is like crazy Chevy Chase, like Lucille Ball, like just insane goofiness. Interesting. Which was nice. It was fun to see. And I like Lauren Lapkus. So she could be as over the top as possible. Bring it on. Like I, <laughs> I just adore her. I think her comedy is hilarious. So especially when she's like being spontaneous, that's always the funnest part for me. Cause she has a really, really great brain. Hmm. Um, but it, what's interesting with the, Oh, wrong Missy. That was it. Missy. Um, but the thing that was interesting with that was Spade playing off character. He was the straight man through the entire thing instead of being like the swarmy, like, let me look at the camera and give a little <laughs> wink yeah. and leave this crap going on. No, he played it completely straight. And that was sort of fun to see. Hmm. It was good. It was funny. I don't know. I might check it out. Hey, I don't know if you know this. We're in a pandemic right now. I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> You know, it's funny that you say that. So my my wife's boss has COVID. Whoa. <laughs> okay, this is like the fourth person, like the way your wife is to the boss. This is like the fourth person that I have known in the last like month yeah. that has got like not directly, not like my wife or her mom, but like one of my great friends from college got it. And one of my wife's great friends from high school got it, who she's still close with. So this is like the fourth person. And every time, of course, you know me. The first question I have to ask is, well, do you, do you know how you got it? Do you know how it can be traced back to you? Like my stepbrother, he got it twice already Jeez. in March and then last week. Granted, he is he has a job that he constantly has to be on planes traveling for work. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way he could quit that job at this point. That's, that's so how my just, wife's boss is. Yeah. So he just, I think he just has to roll the dice. Luckily. I mean, if this tells you anything, not that this will ever get back to him. It's, I guarantee you, he doesn't even know I do a podcast. That's how like distant we are. <laughs> but hearing that he got it twice, I was just like, eh, he's young. He's in good shape. And my mom's response back because we were texting was he's recouping in uh, the guest pool room, like the <laughs> guest house. I'm like, ah, yeah, because he has two young kids. So right, thank, right, right. I mean, at least now that he has it, at least he's being like uber cautious about it. But it's like, let me think back. Huh? Let me think how many people I know that has a guest pool house. Right. That would be none. Okay. All yes. right. Great. Great to know. Yes. So does he know how he, like my brother-in-law who just got it last week, he pretty much told my mom and his father like, oh yeah, I was in Florida. Um, a few people that I've met barely wanted to wear masks. Um, so I'm pretty sure I got it from that. It wasn't from the plane. Well, you know, he. this is one of those guys that – believes coronavirus is a, 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 a conspiracy well it is fake i mean i'm sure when he got it i'm sure he's not dealing with anything bad now <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, they uh they all went up to pennsylvania so so the company she works for is like basically 
like they they buy sewage maintenance companies and this sounds super weird um but they own like a bunch of sewage maintenance companies around the country and they just bought a new one in pennsylvania and so they were going up there because they're transitioning all their software Mm -hmm. and he came back with covid sure so now he's out of work for the next at least week he's working from home and so i asked my wife i was like are you gonna get tested she's like i don't think so I was like, I don't even know how that works. Like, she's like, well, I'm not showing any symptoms. I was like, I don't, I don't know how it works. Like, do you have to show symptoms before they test you? That seems stupid. No, you. Well, at least in Illinois, no, you don't. Because mm. my dad, my dad got two tests without ever feeling bad. Gotcha. And of course, in my head, I'm like, you, you realize you just took tests from people who actually need them, right? And he goes, well, you know, the second test was free. Like, he had no concept of what I was telling him. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what do you think? These are, like, these aren't Big Macs. Like, there's not an abundant <laughs> supply chain that they're, like, whipping out COVID tests. And mm. you just had two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. So he's working from home and uh, whatever. And, well, my, my question for you, going back to the four people I know, everyone I asked, do you have any idea how you got it? And all of them, like if you were on Facebook, and I know you're not, every one of them I'm friends with on Facebook, Mm. there has never been any mention of, oh, yeah, I had COVID. (laughs) And I was talking to my wife over the weekend, and I'm like, do you think that's just because if you say you have COVID, that everybody who doesn't think that this is a hoax, um, i.e. living in the real world, do you think every one of them is like, come on, just seriously, where, did you have the mask on wrong? What, like, what did you do to get COVID? Mm. That type of like, and I get it. Like, you can get it from mail or packages. Like, yes, anything. But in my head, it's like, did you go to a party? Are, are you going to like a big family function? Like, there has to be some something that happened. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. All I know I is that Pennsylvania uh, was like locked down. I thought that was one of the lockdown states. I buddy, they, they listen. Under control. I, look, I don't know. Okay, I just, I just, I just come hang out in this world every once in a while. Okay? I, I don't know what's going on here anymore. Okay, I like, I like my universe better. Yeah, yeah, my universe is way better than this. Heck yeah, I like your universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have a 2020 in my universe. It's still like 1985 in my universe. <laughs> Your 2020 is the ABC News program. That's, on. <laughs> That's your 2020. Yeah, my 2020 is just like a horror movie I watch on TV. Like that never <laughs> happened where I live. Um, oh, yeah. Buddy. Yes. Not to change the topic, but I'm going to change the topic. Okay. I want to jump into a movie that I just watched last night. Oh, boy, do I have a movie for you. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Tell me. Did you see my tweet? Uh, last night, because uh, of our great friend DJ at the Brightside, uh, oh, Brightside yeah. Cat, he got me a digital code for the New Mutants film. Nice. And I even wrote to him on the side. And I'm like, is this a horror? Because I remember the trailers. And I remember us talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I just pretty much asked him, is this a horror? Because you know how much of a wimp I am. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, there's some tense moments in it. But he, it's not a horror. 
I'm like, oh, okay. So last night we weren't recording. So I was like, I should fire this thing up. <laughs> but it was like eight o'clock my time, eight, eight, thirty. no, eight 30. So I'm like, well, Nick's got to go to bed, you know, early, not early, but like, I can't stay up late, late. It's a school night. Of course. So, but then I'm like, if this thing is, is at all suspenseful, scary, I'm going to, I'm going to screw myself. And then I won't be able to sleep because every time I close my eye, I will see one of the new mutants in, you know, the scary, one of the scary scenes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, but I really want to watch this. Like I've been, he gave it to me like four days ago. And every night I've been going through this him and Han. The bad thing, I don't know if you know this, but 2020, there's a pandemic going on. Never heard of it. So the chance of my wife being not around me unless she's in bed. Sure. Slim to none. Yeah. Slim to none. We are in a Cracker Jack house. Unless she's in the bathroom, that's the only time there's separation. Which isn't a bad thing. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Julie, the cruise director. Kiss, kiss. Um, <laughs> but that's my problem. Because normally, like, if she was at work, I'd watch it during the day. Or on the weekend, she'd go out with her sister or over to her mom's house or whatever she's doing. I'd have daylight so I could watch this scary film. Sure. Martin Freddy. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out there. The new mutants, I might have to rejigger my top Marvel movies. What? Yes. No. Yes. Wow. That was a damn good film. Really? The thing, and I, and I tweeted about it, the thing that was effed on that film is every trailer for that film. Really? If you did not see any of those trailers, that movie would be so freaking good. The trailers made it look like a horror film. Fine. Whatever you want, whatever you want, however you want to market your film, go right ahead. It was not a horror film, but it was a, I loved how small it was. I loved that it was one location. I thought the voices of all the characters of all the new mutants were pretty much dead on. I loved how small it was, how isolated it was. I think the trailers gave away too much. I think every bit of suspense or wandering of what was going on, like the confusion that you should have watching this film was completely lost because of the trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was really impressed with some of the the special effects I thought looked great and they were used very sparingly. You can tell it wasn't a big blockbuster. It wasn't supposed to be the next X-Men film. It wasn't supposed to be the next Avengers big popcorn blockbuster. This was supposed to be a small quaint film and watching some of the extras and there's not a lot of extras. There might be like four um, segments, maybe eight minutes each. Mm hmm. And then they also had, and I'm halfway through the commentary with uh, Bill Sidkevich and the director. Nice. And during these four eight-minute segments, the director pretty much even said that I hope people don't expect that this is the next X-Men film or this is a big Marvel blockbuster because it isn't. It's supposed to be a small, isolated, and it felt exactly how the director described it. I wish they would have marketed it that way. Because it, 
obviously his vision, that is exactly what he put up on film. Would I like more of it? Yes. I don't know how, did you watch any of the extras? No, I haven't watched the movie yet. Oh shit. I thought you did. Okay. Well then I won't spoil anything, but I will say. You can spoil the extras. Okay. I'm, I'm not huge on extras anyway. Okay. The extras, there was about six deleted scenes and Honest to God, the deleted scenes might have been two to three minutes each. And the movie runtime was like an hour and 23 minutes. And if they would have added in these 18 minutes worth of deleted scenes, it would have fleshed out so much more like small character moments. Hmm. It would have made it so much better. Just as a character, like it definitely, the film felt like, getting inside of these different characters' heads, just a brief glimpse because there are so many characters in that group. You're not going to get an in-depth perspective on any one of them, but it did a good job in a hour and 23 minutes. But if they would have fleshed out the other 16 minutes and added that in, it would have had more or a better transition in between certain scenes, as well as like more character motivation which i think they needed mm. and it, and the film would have still been well under you know an hour and a, or two hours it probably would have been an hour 40 hour 50 so how long how long was it hour 30 uh an hour 23 yikes that's short i know that's why i don't understand why these extras were thrown away and what was strange the deleted scenes if there was like special effects they added in the special effects what it, it wasn't just like story you know how some deleted scenes you'll see like yeah, yeah, yeah. early cgi or like oh we'll show you what happened on the storyboard but we're not going to spend the money to do yeah, it or just like and green not, screen yeah and i'm not saying like magic you know throughout her sword like no it wasn't anything huge like that but it was enough to like Oh, there's, you know, the wolf following behind Danny mm. and they had to CGI that stuff. You know, I, it was good. It was really good. Honest to God. I, and I don't know if you saw it on my tweet, the music through the entire film. Fantastic. At the end, music composed by Mark Snow, who also did the music for um, X-Files. Okay, I was going to say, that sounds familiar. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I had to look it up because I'm like, I know that name. He either did David Lynch stuff or The X-Files, one or the other. Huh. Yeah. It, and it, dude, it, I don't know how much you know about the film. I really, honestly, I thought you watched it. Um, nope. But don't rewatch the trailer because, honest to God, every scary moment or every suspenseful moment is in that effing trailer. Every there was not one that I saw that I was like, where the heck did that come from? Like there was some like whoa type scenes. Um one specifically in like a laundry room that involved um cannonball. But even that scene, you if you if you've read any new mutant comic book or know anything about that character, you sort of expect to see it in the film uh-huh. so <laughs> it's just like yeah of course they're gonna have that but i was i was pretty amazed with how it's one of those you set the bar a little bit low you know like oh it's gonna be a movie 
it's not one of those movies that all of a sudden, like 35 minutes in, half of the building opens up and you see Hellfire Club come in. Right. You know, it's nothing like that. It's such a small little compact film. But I got news for you. Demon Bear, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. And I can see why Sinkevich was on set and they showed him during one of those like little extra segments. Yeah. He was on set for a couple days. Um, and then the commentary track, the director is interviewing Bill Sinkevich. And he even came on at the very beginning of the commentary. He's like, this won't be a commentary track. I'm interviewing Bill Sinkevich. And I don't even know if they had the movie running. He just broke down like he walked through Bill Sinkevich's career. So I'm halfway done with it. And it's fascinating. But seeing Bill Sinkevich talking for six minutes about this movie and reading the script and how he felt like, wow, you know, this director and writer, I think he co-wrote it with one of his friends. Mm -hmm. Like he has this cool vision that Bill Sienkiewicz, you know, he had the surrealism of Bill Sienkiewicz like in his head and in his writing. And there was, there, it was just, it was neat to see like, oh, Sienkiewicz, you know, actually maybe he got paid and I'm sure he did get paid, but still to get him to say, this movie sounds all right. And I read the script and it was all right. And it was pretty faithful to <laughs> how I was portraying this group. Like, Hey, I don't see Bill Sienkiewicz doing that you know, all the time. Sure. So I'll take it. Is, is, does Claremont show up on the extras? No. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Yeah, I know. I know. Huh. I would love to see that. But it was, it, and it's a pretty fast hour and 23 minutes. Hmm. And sure, do I, buddy, do you think like out of that hour and 23, do I want an hour of them in costume acting like, you know, my new mutants. Of course I do. Do I, do I get closer to 12 minutes of them acting like a group? Yeah. That's pretty much what you get. Gotcha. All right. So Sinkevich even said, it's great to see this type of movie with no costumes in it. And I like that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're young kids. And what's cool is they're played as young kids. I like, I, and certainly would I like to see them even younger, like at the beginning of New Mutants run? I wish they were that age, but they're not. But right. still, they're not acting like they're 25, 28 years old, which is great. So how recently have you read New Mutants? Uh, read all the way through the Sienkiewicz run maybe four months ago. Okay. So then let me ask you. Because mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't look anything up about this movie. Like I watched the trailers and that's it. Um, and actually, I was gonna go see it in theaters, but something came up. I can't remember what it was, and so I ended up not going. Like um, COVID. Was that it? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it was. Um, how how faithful is it to the comic? Hmm. For the time period that Bill Sienkiewicz was drawing it and Claremont was writing it, I would say pretty faithful. Okay. It was a lot. It's a lot of talking and not a lot of action, and that's ah, sort yes. of how I equate. Yes, for New sure. Mutant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Even before Sinkevich came on, if you remember, there was a couple story arcs where they were in Brazil, mm-hmm. and there was no 
group of superheroes that they were battling. They were battling like, like jungle natives, <laughs> you know, that were worshiping like a sun god, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They, they, like that's to me, like Claremont's writing big bombastic, bombastic stuff for X-Men. And then he comes over here for the quieter stuff. Hmm. And that's what I got. It's neat. Like Danny, the entire film revolves around Danny and Danny, the pretty much the entire film. She has no clue what her mutant ability is. They they've tested her. So they know that she's a mutant. Right. And as an audience member, you know, she's a mutant, but they're still trying to work out like what, what, like, you know what everyone else can do. They don't know what Sunspot. They didn't know what he had. Right. Until the very end. Um, but everyone else that you sort of saw and they sort of knew what powers they had. Gotcha. But I will say Lockheed, you see Lockheed in the film. Uh-huh. And it was such an original take on really? Lockheed. I was completely blown away. It was so special. It was such a good way and a good payoff for Lockheed. I, I absolutely loved that. I'm telling you, I am reevaluating in my head where I want to put this, and I'm putting it way above a lot of the Marvel bombastic blockbuster films. I had to look up a picture of Lockheed. I like this. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's, and, and I think the casting's really well. I think they did they did a great job. Yeah, even though all those actors are like in their 80s now. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> they're not going to get no names that are 10 years old and 12 years old. Come on. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. What's uh, what's she in now? Oh, that uh, the Queen's Gambit, right? That's what she's in. Mm hmm. Yeah, I started watching. That's really good. I've heard great things. I tried to talk the wife into checking it out over the weekend. And she just she watched the trailer and was like, no, you can watch it by yourself. Like, no, it's oh. good. Don't don't watch the trailer. I mean, just watch the movie. I want to watch it, but I have to like rope her in. You think I can just throw out like, oh, it's a limited series about chess and it's well written? Like she would be absolutely no thanks. I gotcha. No, that's cool, she, man. She I, is so, and I think it's because of the pandemic. Yeah. She is so hyper focused on like, I just want to be in a good mood. I want to watch holiday stuff. I want to get myself in a completely escapist frame of mind. Gotcha. Which is great and all, but at some point I'm like, I want to watch something that's <laughs> there's a little meat on the bone. Can we watch like a documentary, please? Can we, just anything that isn't Christmas related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys should just watch uh, Songbird, hmm. that Michael Bay coronavirus movie. Oh God. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, no, no. No? Okay, well, you know. It's in <laughs> well, the future. You, you, need, you need to rent New Mutant. So I I saw that it had come out, because I saw your tweet, and then I listened to DJ's podcast, mm -hmm. and uh, and I want I still want to see it. So I was going to go and rent it, um, which right it's a rental for like six bucks right now, which is kind of high for a rental, to be honest, but whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I looked it up. It's going to be on HBO Max in like january yeah and then it's going to be on disney plus in like march yeah you don't have come on it's coming it's coming soon yeah so i mean i'll just wait a couple weeks and watch it for free yeah no rush there mm -hmm. but uh, i was just that's so, exciting man honest, yeah, I'm i was so i was so happy 
not, and I, I think I've just been so programmed by Marvel, but I was so happy not to see all of a sudden uh, Sentinel's fist come through a wall yeah. and grab somebody. You know, it's just like, come on, do we really need to see that? Like, I was just waiting for something like that. Yeah. Or all of a sudden Magneto walks down the hall like, oh, God, so I don't the, need that. I don't. There's no cameos then from anybody? No cameos, no end of credit scenes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But Mark Snow, ooh, that music. Ooh, hoo, 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 huh. hoo. He is pulling out some X-Files stuff on that. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's good. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, shit, mm. maybe I'll just rent it. <laughs> Dude, just put... If you have a music uh, streaming service, just go listen to that soundtrack. It is good. Yeah, I've got Spotify. I'm sure it's on there. Yeah, just throw that on. But, I mean, you can wait a couple months. I'm sure if I pulled up your laundry list of stuff to watch is probably an arm's length full. So For sure. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, that's exciting, man. I'm going to uh, I'm going to read the uh, the Demon Bear saga then. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, and then that'll get me into the movie. Actually, the whole Sinkevich run. Yeah. Should, yeah, yeah that, that's a good good reread. Mm. It really goes places and there's part there's parts with Sam. I want to say there was a annual. Mm. That is a completely self-contained story, but then characters in that spun off and ended up in other mutant books as well as new mutants. But it's about him and his girlfriend, who is a rock star on Earth, but yet she's a bounty hunter. Aha. Uh-huh. And it's a strange love story, but man, as a self-contained 60-pager, really, really good. Mm. So... I would definitely recommend it. All right, all right. It made me fall back in love with that entire team and miss quite a few of the characters. That's like, God, I forgot. I I forgot they were even in this book. <laughs> but I will say, even though like Claremont had wrote the entire thing, the stuff before Sinkevich with McLeod, uh-huh. it's okay. But can you skip it? Yeah, yeah, yeah you I'm could sure. ask skip that stuff yeah when uh when this is cabbage cup on like in the teens right 18 maybe okay oh yeah. so w- with demon bear correct okay I'll start yeah because i think i think that's oh and they sinkevich even talked in the extras that claremont i guess um cornered him in a hallway and gave him like a three minutes um speech about he wanted Sienkiewicz to draw three issues and he explained demon bear mm-hmm. and how it was more of like a mental nightmare. Mm-hmm. And Sienkiewicz is like, yes, I, all right. All right. And I guess he was completely hooked, hooked on for those three issues. And then he said that the stories that Claremont kept presenting to him afterwards, that's why he signed on for what was it? Two and a half years that he was on right. the title. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. There's so many good little bits to that. And, and stuff that uh, ties back into Xavier and Xavier's son. Sure. Which I completely forgot about. Oh, Legion. Yes, yes. I mean, I was reading the year before. Remember we talked about how I got, I wanted to read and get myself familiar with Legion. So I went back into some like X-Men titles and was reading like his beginnings. Mm-hmm. And then to actually like 
oh my god i totally forgot that this was because i think when i initially read it it didn't really i didn't really piece it together that oh that's xavier's son right right right. i just thought xavier was like guest appearing in it but now like looking back now and reading those issues it's like wow that's really messed up but that's so cool Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm lo- I'm looking over these books. I think I'll probably just start at 18 because I'm not digging the uh, McLeod art. No, it's good. I mean, it's solid for back in the day, but pretty much as soon as Sikevich comes on, like Claremont completely reorganizes how like the characters. There's a there's a lot more connection between the characters, mm-hmm. and they start building on like. This person likes this person. This person doesn't care for this person. Like, sure. He, he really, really ramps it up pretty quick. Hmm. But highly recommend. I think I only have one other epic collection from New Mutants that I still have to read, but this is way past Sinkevich. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, that's exciting, man. I mean, I was going to watch it anyway, uh, yeah. but because it looked like a horror movie. And I was like, yeah, I'm done with that. No. Not a horror movie. No. All right. Well, that's okay. I'm still going to watch it. Uh, <laughs> I do have a horror movie that's also not a horror movie. Ooh. It's called Underwater. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, let me say this. I'm very happy to announce that uh, I no longer have to watch HBO Max on my phone or my computer uh, <laughs> because they finally released apps for stuff that's on TVs. So hey, yay! Nice. So I've been watching it on my TV. Very nice. So you, can, so you can see T.J. Miller on a large screen now. Yes, in all his glory. Yeah, that would be a word for it. <laughs> America's sweetheart, T.J. Miller. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I watched. Uh, so so I've been watching. Um, I've been watching a lot of stuff on HBO Max because now it's on TV. Nice. Uh, so it's uh, it's a nicer viewing experience. Uh, I mean, like I have a big computer monitor you know what i mean but it's not the same mm-hmm. as like my tv exactly so uh so i watched like all the matrix movies which like <laughs> it was so weird <laughs> i don't know what the hell they're doing with the matrix movies on hbo um because like they're supposed to be on there i guess they're warner movies uh-huh. and i remember dj was complaining about this when they first launched because like the matrix was part of all their advertising material but it was not on the service because <laughs> uh, they didn't have the streaming rights for it. Uh, but anyway, so it came on like a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so I went ahead and watched like the first one and the second one. And nice. then uh, like the next day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish this up. So I go to watch the third one. And I just go and I go to the search function and I type in Matrix. No results. The fucking thing oh. wasn't on there. Oh. And then like two days later, it's back on there. <laughs> what? So I don't know what's going on with that movie. Um, but so I watched that, and I watched uh, I watched Wonder Woman. Um, I watched something else. What the, what else did I watch? I watched another I know, movie. I know you watched Superman vs. Batman. That's right. I watched uh, BVS, the extended cut, uh, yeah. which I will cement as my favorite superhero movie of all time. Um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really fucking good. The extended cut is just fucking incredible. Um and that's actually, why, do you think the people that rail against Justice League be, getting a pimped out version, do you think any of those people watch the extended cut 
of Batman versus Superman. I don't think they watched the the regular cut. I think they just like to complain. Because it's just a it's a head scratcher. Mm-hmm. It's like, did you not watch that extended cut? Because it was so much better. What if Justice League could be so much better? Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it? Uh, Greg sent me a, a message. Greg from from Valiant, uh, Katzman, mm-hmm. who just had Happy. a baby, by the way. Yes, yes. Uh, Parker, shame on him. I told him to name the baby Martin, but that's okay. I forgive him. Oh, oh. Um, but he uh, he sent me a message. This happens every time I watch BVS, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. because everyone always like shit talks BVS. Shame and then, on them. And then every time I watch it, I get on Twitter and I'm like, I love this freaking movie. And mm-hmm. then I get like a half a dozen DMs. Like, I also love this movie. And I'm like, why are you telling me here? Just like, <laughs> tell everybody right. on Twitter. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but it's like people are scared to say that they love the movie. I don't get it. Yeah, they uh, don't want to get piled on. They'll yeah, I, I, on. I guess. And uh, so I don't want to call him out. But he's like, I, I'm glad that you said that. He's like, I really love uh, Man of Steel. That's one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, dude, that movie's freaking great. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Uh, so I'm going to watch Man of Steel this week because Greg brought it up. Uh, but I should have watched it beforehand anyway because yeah. like, uh, of that whole scene in, in Metropolis. Definitely. That, that's the end of uh, Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched that and uh, Wonder Woman because <laughs> biggest news of the year. They're just going to put it on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, in a month. Uh, yeah, Christmas Day. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Uh, so what I watched present. it. So I watched it, and uh, I'm gonna watch it every week until Wonder Woman two comes out. Uh, cause that's good. It's not. It's not the best one. It's not the best of the DC movies. No. But no. Uh, but it's pretty good. It's real good. It's pretty good. So uh, so I watched that, and then and they're not charging twenty nine ninety nine for all that's DC right. people to rent that. That's right. You just Shame get on it you Disney Plus. And I think it's coming out in, in theaters at the same time, right? Well, that's fine. Yeah. Or if you want to, you don't have HBO and you want to rent it for twenty dollars, yeah, charge. Yeah, them. sure, sure, sure. But yeah, don't I'm, charge me as a HBO subscriber. You know what? I'm surprised. Flushing on you, Mulan. Still want to see it, <laughs> jerk. Uh, I'm oh, sure. Mickey, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm shaking sure they... my fist right now, Mickey Mouse. Uh, you'll see it eventually. You've seen the animated movie. It's the same thing. No, it looks good. I like wire foo. Leave me alone. Yeah, no, it's fine. It looks good. But uh, I'm surprised that they... Here's the thing. Because we do this all the time. You just sign up for a trial, right? And then you just watch whatever you want. Like, that's what I used to do with HBO beforehand. You know what I mean? Uh Like, something cool came out. I'd wait till the season was over. I'd get a trial. I'd binge the whole thing. And then I'd cancel it. Uh Uh, So then it's just like I have to create new emails to do this constantly. I got to do that showtime. Because Showtime has a lot of documentaries on it now. Oh. Mm-hmm. There was something on Showtime I wanted to watch, and I can't remember. Anyways. so uh, But I'm surprised that they don't do something like a big movie like that. Like, the other stuff is fine, you know, whatever. But a big movie like that, where, like, you can't do it if you're on a free trial. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, go. that would make sense. Like, mm-hmm. you have to pay for a month at least. Like, cool, whatever. 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you watch the movie and then whatever else to fill up your time for the next 30 days until you cancel. And then they hope you go over to 31 days so they can charge you for another month. Yeah, and then you totally forget that you signed up for it because you watched one mm-hmm. movie and then forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they, yes, mm-hmm. they hope for that. But I'm saying, like, that's all they got to do. You know what I mean? You don't need to charge an extra 30 bucks on top of your subscription service 
Shame on Disney. Yeah. Uh, that company's the devil. That's why I refuse Ooh. to watch Disney Plus. Ooh, you might want to watch Marvel Six One Six. Uh, yes, that's on my list. I was gonna watch them last night, but then I got tied up. Um, but I will watch it this week. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so I watched. So, so I, I was gonna see like, oh, let me see what else I have like on my queue to watch. Um, and uh, and I couldn't find anything, so I went back to the home screen, and I was just gonna finish up Harley Quinn, which I want to talk about too. And yeah. and then on the top, I saw on the banner like new to HBO Max, Underwater, and I was like, Underwater, that sounds familiar. And I was like. Yeah, Nick and I talked about the trailer like 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, so Underwater is uh, is a, a movie about uh, uh, stuff that happens under the water, as you can imagine, uh, starring um, vampire uh, – <laughs> what, what, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, vampire sympathizer, uh, Kristen Stewart. Um, sparkly vampire sympathizer. Yes, yeah, sparkly vampire sympathizer. Uh, Kristen Stewart, uh, America's Sweetheart, T.J. Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got some other people like John Gallagher Jr. and stuff, and then uh, Jessica Henwick, which I had no idea um, from uh, from Iron Fist. Huh. Remember her? Did you watch Iron Fist? Uh, three episodes. Okay. Well, she she played Colleen. Okay. Okay. Jessica Wish I could Hen- remember. Sure. Colleen. Sure, sure, sure. No, I, I, Iron but... Fist's girlfriend. Yeah, I probably didn't even see her. I don't think you even got there because I don't think she shows up till like the third episode. Yeah, no clue. All right, fine, whatever. Uh, she yeah. was in uh, Game of Thrones, which you also didn't see. So. Oh, that has dragon eggs in it. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, so she's in it. Uh, her character is the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. All she does the whole movie is cry. Uh-oh. Uh oh. So let me give you the setup. So there's a there's a, a giant global conglomerate uh they have set up this uh drill site in the marianas trench Mm. and uh and they're like the world's biggest oil producer basically right they they produce like 400 billion dollars of oil a year or something like something ridiculous uh krista stewart is she's like uh some kind of computer engineer there sure she makes sure the computers run properly um and uh it kicks off where you're like you don't know if like this is actually happening or if she's like imagining it okay because she's she's like she's really down and sad about something i mean it turns out that the something is like i'm assuming her boyfriend died but i don't really know for sure but that's the way it seems Mm -hmm. uh and she's really sad and she spends a lot of time in this movie in her underwear, which is not very attractive. Uh, but that's okay. You know, whatever. Um, and she's really sad and, like, crying in, in the shower. And all of a sudden, like, the alarms start going off in this in this underwater drill site. And huh. uh, she, like, starts getting out. And she notices, like, water dripping down. And she's like, oh, shit. Like, the whole breach or whatever. So she starts, like, trying to wake people up because, you know, it's like a night shift or whatever. She tries to wake people up, and, like, one guy wakes up, and they, like, manage to get to, the, like, a safe area. And, like, part of this structure is just, like, collapsing. Um, and, like, the first – I'm trying to think how long the movie is. Maybe, like, an hour and 30, hour 40. Uh, mm-hmm. The first half of this movie is, like – I'm sure you remember this movie because uh, – I mean, I remember it, even though it's from before my time. You've seen 
the the classic shipwreck movie, uh, the Poseidon Adventure, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So the first half of this movie is like the Poseidon Adventure. Ooh. Okay. We're like shit's exploding and like water's getting in everywhere, and they have to like go under like underwater holes to get to like other parts of the ship and like all this stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, like the first half of the movie is like that until they find this like little baby alien thing with tentacles. Uh Oh, uh, and so it turns out that this is a monster movie. That's when you know that it's a monster movie. Uh, I mean, you can kind of mm. guess cause there's like growling noises every so often, like in the first yeah. half. Uh, yeah. but they they realize that they're being like attacked by some underwater creature. Okay. And uh and they they find like a little baby, but they don't know it's a baby until TJ Miller makes a joke about it and then like a bigger one shows up. Uh-oh. Um which TJ Miller was I mean like I understand why he was put in this movie because otherwise it would just be like dour depressing the whole movie, right? <laughs> and he's got like enough jokes in there where like it brights up a little bit here and there. Sure. Uh but I, I texted you one of my favorite jokes, which is not very PC at all, but I thought it was hilarious. Uh <laughs> so I'm watching this movie and like That's Christy... why I asked what was it from. Yeah. I'm like, There's no way he said that in stand up. No, no way. No, 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 no. So I'm watching this movie and like it it about follows four people, okay? So it's like the captain uh, T.J. Miller is some like maintenance guy. Is uh, that Vincent Cassell as the captain? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah, he's great. Uh, very underused in this movie. Like, Aww. he's a great actor. And the yeah. other, and then like uh, Kristen Stewart and Jessica Henwick. I mean, Kristen Stewart plays the same character in every movie, right? Sure. Which sure, is sure. which is really weird because I don't know if you know this, but she's going to be playing Princess Diana. Hmm. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, she cut her hair short for this role, so you know she really tried to stretch her acting chops. <laughs> so she plays the same character in every movie. Jessica Henwick is just terrible in this movie. Like, I love her. I think she's super sexy. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, all she does is cry the entire movie. Uh, oh, and it was very annoying. And, like, she doesn't even know how to swim. How do you work in an underwater what? drill site if you don't know you're how to seven, You're seven miles below the surface right. and you don't know how to swim? Right. Not only that, like, apparently they don't even have a suit, like, a a, a, a diving suit for her. Did she... it turn out at the end that she she was a ghost? Because then it would all make sense. No, she is, like, the, the drill site shrink. Jesus Which Christ. makes no sense because, like, she needs the most help. <laughs> <laughs> she is crying the most. <laughs> the whole movie she's crying. Um, well, guess what? If it was she can't swim and she's breaking down left and right and then all of a sudden it turned out to be like a haunted drill platform underwater uh -huh, uh -huh. and she died, like, going out the airlock and she's a ghost, I'd be like, that's an interesting horror movie. Ah. Okay, let's continue. Right. But as soon as you said baby creature, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> like, is this is this the uh, James Cameron underwater <laughs> opus film? Wait, did Michael Bay direct this? I should look this up. <laughs> no, but the director uh -huh. has films, because I, I purposely pulled it up because I oh, wanted okay. to ask you if you've seen it. The director is William Eubank. 
and his previous films looked like they'd be right up your alley. Oh, I've seen these. Yeah, the signal's yeah. great. As well as love, because I read the little synopsis of love. I was like, how did Martin not see this? Have I seen love? I, I, I've probably seen love. Because it's a guy in a spacesuit sitting on like sitting on a bench. I was like, whoa, that looks interesting. Yeah, if you uh, if you want like an interesting take on an alien movie, then the signal is really interesting. Well, uh, love is a man spends years alone on a space station orbiting Earth after losing communication with Houston Earth. Time is spent on maintenance, exercise. What it sort of sounds like Moon at that point, but I was still like, dang, that sounds. At least that's some interesting sci-fi. Mm. If it's like Moon. Man, I'm looking at this at the uh, the movie poster, mm-hmm. and I want to say that I've seen it, but the movie poster looks like the Moon movie poster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I've definitely seen Moon. Um, but anyway, the signal's interesting. It's okay. uh, it's a, it's it starts off like a found footage film. Oh boy. Uh, it's not the whole thing is not like that. Okay. Uh, but it starts off that way because it's like a group of friends going cross country. And they're trying to track, like, there's some, like, pirate signal that they caught wind of, and they're trying to figure out, like, where it's coming from, because it's, like, giving out information about stuff that I don't want to spoil, because it's part of the plot. Yeah. Um, and so the, they eventually find the house where the signal's coming from, and, uh, spoiler, uh, it turns out that it's an alien. Huh. Um, but, like, that's halfway through the movie, so, like, that's not even the twist. <laughs> Uh, there, so is a, under, there is a twist. Did un, okay. Did oh, underwater, yeah, back to underwater. Continue. Did underwater, was there a lot of money behind this? Because I remember the trailer, and I liked a lot of the deep sea suits. I'm glad you brought the that weird, up. With the weird lighting. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's always like, dude, you can make anything suspenseful. You add music behind that weird, like dark water mm-hmm. all alone isolated in this like in that big suit with the weird lighting and then yep. have something come up and jump out like, yes i'm, I'm glad you brought that, that seems up. like a no-brainer as long as it looks good so the budget for this movie was 80 million dollars okay so Kristen stewart got half of that it made 17 million in the u.s Ooh. and it made 40 million worldwide Come on, <laughs> come on, Japan! <laughs> we need to come through on this. Oh boy! Uh, now to answer your question about the suits, I really love the suits. Yeah, um, that, and, that was the highlight in the trailer for me. Yeah, there's actually two suits. Um, okay. The one you see in the trailer is like they look kind of like uh, like robot suits, right? Mm. Um, which it's really like I don't know how that would work. Like I was what they they have a scene where they're like putting on their suits, and I'm like. These suits cannot be watertight because they're like, you know, remember like in the early Iron Man movies, how he's like putting individual pieces of armor on. Yeah. Soldering it on. Yeah. It, it's like that kind of. And then like, so she, she wasn't in this gigantic mech suit and then grabs a hold of the alien and shoves it out of an airlock. No. And then says, of course, the like one line that Ripley would say. No, that's the wrong movie. Are you sure? But they, but, it sounds like an underwater Ripley. But that's actually an interesting thing that you say that, because there are some similarities both in the suit design and mm-hmm. in the way that some of the scenes are filmed um, to – I don't know if you ever saw Prometheus. Yes. Okay. 
uh, which is part of the Alien franchise tangentially. Mm-hmm. Um, except it's underwater. So you know, like when when they go to that planet in Prometheus and they're going through the tunnels and they're like they're all in their suits or whatever, like walking around or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of like the latter half of the movie. There is a lot of stuff like that uh, where they're in the suits going through like dark places. Except it's much darker and like muddier because there are seven miles under the ocean. Mm. Uh, so in that does, does underwater have more of a um abyss feel to it yeah i could totally see that okay or uh without what was the other the, one like sphere? cool looking without the cool looking friendly alien sure because uh, i'm guessing that this had to be like the thing comes after and a chase ensues within oh, the, the um i mean there's no chase per se like they're trying to get out of the so the the drill site is like basically collapsing it's gonna explode mm. and uh and so they have to they try to get to the pods, the escape pods. Mm-hmm. Most of the escape pods are being used. Like these are like single person pods. How do you not have enough pods for all of your crew? You would think that that would have to be the case, right? I mean, cruise ships don't go out without everyone being accountable on the little like safety rafts, right? So, huh. that, apparently, they don't have enough pods for all the crew. Okay. Uh, so they have to get out of the main drill site, and they're going to get in their suits, walk across the bottom of the ocean. What? Right. <laughs> across the bottom of the ocean, following, like, one of the pipelines to one of the other sites. Because there's, like, three different sites. Um, oh, okay. So they're going to leave this one place to go to this other place and see if there's mm-hmm. escape pods there. So as they're walking across the bottom of the ocean, which, of course, makes no sense. Like, I don't care how good these suits are. What's the pressure seven miles under the ocean? Like 4,000 pounds per square inch? There's no way any suit can withstand that. Uh, Were they at least smart enough to put the woman who doesn't know how to swim in the first pods and let her go back as quickly as possible? Or is she or is she one of the suits at the bottom of the ocean crying in her suit walking to the next platform? There's no pods. They all have to walk across all four of them. I thought you said there were some pods in that one, but not enough for everyone. No, no, there's no pods left in this in the main drill site. Oh, God. That's why they have to go to this other site to see if they have pods there. This movie. Okay. Uh, but that's when it gets cool because like they're walking at the bottom of the ocean. Like it's very dark. Um, and like very atmospheric, so like mm. when in that section there's like no music, so all you hear is like the heavy breathing inside the the mask. All you know right, I mean? that's good. So yeah. like that was cool, and that's when you start seeing glimpses of what these monsters might be, because there's more than one. Oh no. Oh yeah, there's a lot of them. There's like oh, hundreds God, of them. Uh, oh so my God! They, just let me. Can I? Can you just? If if we were there, could you just push me out into the ocean as soon as that happened? As soon as the first platform started to like go down, can you just like send me out to my death before I see <laughs> any of those creatures, please? Martin, I beg you. Well, so at first you're not like that scared because when you see the first monster that turns out to be a baby, um, they're like going down this platform to get to the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And they get a, a homing beacon goes off, and so they mm-hmm. stop to go check the homing beacon. Never do that. Um, but they yeah. stop to check the homing beacon, and it turns out that like it's been crashed, and the person that was inside is being eaten by this baby monster. 
Um, oh, no. He, like, comes out of the back of the guy. Oh, no. Anyway, so they get they get to the second site, and there's also no pods there. Um, and what? like Yeah, and that one's about to implode because, like, it's being attacked by the monster. So they have to get to the third site. Yes. Uh, and in the third site, there are pods. Um, there's a couple pods. There's two pods left. Uh, so TJ Miller dies. The captain dies. Um, what? Yes. TJ Miller. America's sweetheart. How could you kill TJ Miller? Um, so was he a virgin? He was not. But Maybe he, that's why they killed but, him. But he did walk around with a stuffed uh, bunny the whole movie. And, oh. it, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Now that's a choice. <laughs> yes, that's a choice. I'm sure that he came up with that. Oh, which reminds me of the of the joke, because like they're trying to get like get out of this station that's collapsing and they're gonna die from like all this water or the thing exploding, and like Kristen Stewart's like whining about something, and T.J. Miller like tries to confront her, like console her and make her feel better. And and then proceeds to call her like something like an a- asexual pixie elf looking creature, and I started laughing so hard. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, anyway, so. Um, and this is all seven miles underneath the water. Correct. Correct. With no sense of urgency, but uh, T.J. Miller has to do a, another one of his great uh, patented zingers. <laughs> patented zingers. Oh, there's there's a lot of urgency in this. Look at there, there's. It's pretty tense. That's what I'm saying. Like T.J. Miller was kind of a weird choice. Like hmm. I, I think if the whole movie had been like super tense, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously had a better actress than Kristen Stewart, uh, it would have been like much better. Uh, and but, less crying. And less crying. I I, okay. I actually I liked the movie. Um, ah, very good. It's not like rated terribly on IMDb either. But so anyway, so they they leave the second place to go to the third place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it's just uh, Jessica Henwick and Kristen Stewart, and then the the engineer guy is injured, so they're like carrying him on a sled at the bottom of the ocean, like dragging him along. And they get to the the third site, and they see like all these tentacle things coming down. She and Kristen Stewart's like, oh shit, like the monsters are here. Uh, somehow like they're just chilling, they're sleeping like in front of the drill site, the the third drill hmm. site. Um, so they like very slowly like walk through the tentacles. Uh, actually, they're not tentacles; they're arms. They just like dangle their arms down when they're sleeping. Mm. And uh, she hits one of them, and one of the creatures <gasps> wakes up. And so Jessica Henwick grabs the sled, and like Chris Stewart's like, "You gotta run, get into the damn place." So she like starts going, and Kristen Stewart starts like fighting this monster thing, and nice. uh, that the monster starts like swallowing her whole. What? Yeah. Um, wow. He's got like a, a dislocatable jaw, I guess, because it gets like mm. a giant jaw, and like starts swallowing her whole, and then she shoots a flare gun through him, and like he blows up. Oh, um, that's a good by, death. By the way, there's a lot of good deaths in this movie because okay. because a lot of because it's so far under the ocean, and there's mm-hmm. so much water pressure. There's a lot of bodies exploding in suits. Nice. Yeah. I was gonna ask if there were any good deaths. All right, yeah, yeah. this is good. I would say. All the deaths are pretty good. Nice. Um, so anyway, so she's, she blows this one up, and she starts walking to the base, and then another one wakes up and attacks her. And then she realizes, like, there's, like, hundreds of these things just, like, chilling, sleeping, and they're Uh-oh. all waking up. And she's like, oh, shit. And then, like, a growl comes around, 
and all the creatures like disappear and it's like this giant fucking kraken thing dude Ooh! like all the monsters were sleeping on like this the kraken's beard basically oh wow yeah uh so they're like super tiny compared to this thing uh what what movie was that from was that in Justice League? Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, Justice League doesn't have a Kraken. No, but I wish it did. Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Aquaman. Do you know those giant monster things that they have underwater? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like that, but uglier. Um, But, like, gigantic, dude. Freaking. You, it's thought kinda... it was one, you thought it was one baby, and then you realized, ooh, it's a hundred uh-huh. of these characters, and then, oh, no. All those characters are attached to one big mofo. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Anyway, so Chris Stewart. Was this like, explained away? Like, tell me the origin. Was this creature like, it's been there since the beginning of Earth? Or uh, is it, this creature came down and it has been dormant because it's an alien? Like, what? what's the reasoning here? There is no explanation. Oh, God. As- aside okay. from, like, a quick line from Kristen Stewart uh, when she says something like, we did this, like we woke this up. So like, I guess there's some environmental message from like drilling deep underwater. These creatures were like, you guys are in our spot. You got to go. And when she, when she said this in the background, was there uh, Sarah McLaughlin's in the arms of an angel? Nailed it. Okay. That's what I thought. I mean, there wasn't, but there should have been. And then there was a scene up top on the surface of a duck being stuck in an oil spill. <laughs> right? I would have loved that. Okay. But Give no, that's not the case. Of an angel. So Kristen Stewart gets into the damn place and she's like, Jessica, you got to get in the pod and you got to escape. And Jessica's like, and Kristen Stewart just like shoves her in the, she punches her in the face and shoves wow. her in the pod. Um, and then like lets the pod go. And then Kristen Stewart blows up the drill site uh, because of course it's nuclear powered. Ah. And so, and so the giant Kraken supposedly also explodes uh, oh. along with the, the drill site and Kristen Stewart. Uh, and then Jessica and the other guy managed to escape. So you get like newspaper articles at the end. And they're all classified. It, any chance there's going to be an underwater two? Or Definitely because, not. Because of you going through the financials at the beginning of this, we both realized <laughs> even if there's a script, there ain't no underwater two. There ain't Come no on. underwater two, bro. Okay. Don't get my hopes up. No, don't get your hopes up. But I mean, like, look, this the, the plot of this movie is nothing new. There's got to be like at least 50 movies with the same plot. Sure. Um, but it's actually pretty good. I enjoyed the movie, and I mean, it if you have HBO good. Max, it's on there. So I, I ain't gonna watch it. Sounds too scary for me. I would actually be curious for DJ to watch this movie. Yeah. On his like cinema thing, you know what I mean? His big setup, his professional setup. Yeah, with his professional setup, because I'm sure his like 80k TV. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say 80k? <laughs> uh huh. That's what he said he had, right? Yeah, yeah, 80K. Yeah, 80K. Uh, he and I talked about this once. He's got like 15 speakers or whatever. Right. He's like, yeah, I have this like 367 to 1 sound system. And I'm like, I didn't know they made four, like more than four. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Uh, 
Yeah. Everyone has that 29.4 surround sound system. Yeah, yeah, there you go. His uh, his speakers what? have speakers. That's all right. We can be jealous. That's okay. But but I would be curious in that kind of setup with that kind of sound system, like how much more that would add to the atmosphere. You know what I mean? Because I'm watching this on like TV speakers. Right. I'm sure it would add a lot. I mean, yeah. a lot of the things you described were like what they were doing with sound. You know, I might need to re. Oh, God, I don't want to rewatch this yet. Just rewatch it. Come on. All right, maybe I'll rewatch it because I'd be curious about that now that I'm talking about it. Because on my computer, I do have seven one surround oh, sound. Oh, see. So now I'm really curious because I think that Get might add a little bit more. Of course, it'll add something in there. Mm. Uh, anyways, but I, I do recommend you watch it. Like I wouldn't rent this, but if you have HBO Max, it's free, so just fucking watch it. I'm not gonna watch it. Scary. Uh, oh, I know you're not gonna watch it. No, what are you crazy? But uh, but I enjoyed it, man. I know I talked a lot of crap about it. No, it sounds good. Uh, it sounds but, really good. But it is enjoyable. It's a fun movie. I like it. I mean, I... If, if you like watching people explode, I guess it's fun. Well, who doesn't like a good explosion? Come on. <laughs> yep, it's funny. I was just uh, reading one of the reviews for this movie, and it compares it to like all the movies we talked about. So Alien. The Abyss, Leviathan, Event Horizon, Sphere, Sunshine, The Descent. Sheesh. Yep. The Descent's great. You should not watch The Descent. No, why would I do that? But for anybody that wants to watch like a pretty good like monster movie that's different, The Descent's great. Uh, part of it is found footage because it's like a group of friends, all girls, um, that like do a getaway once a year, and they're gonna go like cave diving. And so they go in these caves. I watched the trailer. I saw a little bit of the monster in one of the trailers, and that was enough for me. Oh, yeah. Well, and they're not even scary, dude. They look like uh, Nosferatu. Yeah, that's scary enough. (laughs) Oh, thank you. But yeah, so there's these, like, humanoid creatures in the caves, and they get attacked. Spoiler. Looks looks were it looks just as bad as like original texas chainsaw massacre oh god that was terrible no the descent's good dude and the descent 2 is not bad except it's like the same exact plot as the first one except no, i with, don't mean with bad police. i mean like the how the characters oh, look okay. real like messed up and like yeah inbred. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that yeah, was yeah, scary. yeah that was some scary stuff yep for sure uh but yes underwater i will rate it a six out of ten Oh, you got close to a Krieger right there. <laughs> man, I thought you were going for it. No, no, I, uh, I I enjoyed it, man. It was good. I'll give, since we're giving ratings, I didn't know we were, but I'll, I will give 8 out of 10 mistletoes. Ah, very good. I like it. I will give it 3 out of 5 uh uh, transition committees. Nice. Yes. Nice. Um, so I, I want to briefly, very briefly, because we have, uh, there's a lot more that I want to talk about. This is your show. Go as brief as you want. But I just today wrapped up uh, Harley Quinn, the animated series. Nice. Uh, on HBO Max. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched the first season last week, and I've been watching the second season this week. Or and, if you have DC Universe. Uh, yes. Or wait, um, you cannot do that on DC Universe anymore? I don't know, man. I canceled that, so I can't tell you. What? You're the DC fan. 
buddy, I, I have a lot of the comics. I'm just here for the, the show stuff. And I get more stuff on HBO Max. So uh, so anyway, so Harley Quinn, the anime series. Nick, I'm going to say a very controversial statement. Oh, no. I think I know what's coming. Uh, oh, you want to guess? Okay, guess. What's coming? Harley Quinn Max is in your top three animated shows. And it's your number one show of a character that you have no interest in, but it's but it's a character that now you love. Where's my bell? Uh, not only that, this show is so good, it is worth getting HBO Max just to watch this. Wow, seriously? I'm dead serious. You know I don't like comedy in my comics. Are you saying I need to watch this? Dude, it is so good. I cannot tell you how many times I have peed my pants laughing over the last two weeks. Should I watch this before Watchmen? How about that? Because I know you like Watchmen. <laughs> oh, you mean the, the TV series? Yeah, the show. The show. Yeah, for sure. Really? It's oh, that yeah. good? It's so good. Is uh, it better than Superman the Animated Series? I think so. Wow. Okay. Whoa. Oh my God. You just blew my mind. Are you fucking kidding? Um, now, all right. Listen, 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 it, listen. No, no, no. All right. All right. Continue. Is it better than Justice League Unlimited? Ooh, that's tough. I know. <sighs> so here's the problem. You're not going to let me do compare and contrast, are you? Uh, I'm going to let you continue, but let me just tell you what the problem is. Okay, go ahead. Problem. Just, Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. The last time I watched that was probably 10 years ago. Shame on you. Okay. Uh, maybe Proceed. not. Maybe maybe less than that. Uh, but it's been it's, it's been a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This show is very fresh. Uh, you know what I mean? And it, you, you're always slanted towards the fresh, I would think. Uh, uh, I mean, is this better than Batman the Animated Series? No. Well, that's where I was headed. Why are you taking away my, my oh, oh. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna there. cut that I'm gonna cut that out of the show. Continue. Yeah. Already. Continue, continue. What? What'd you say? Is it better than X Men, the animated series? Ooh. From the night. Ooh. Are you listening, to Rob Krieger? We're gonna lose Ooh. a fan. Rob Krieger will unsubscribe <laughs> if you say it's better than that. He's Shit. never seen it. Oh wait, no, I think he's seen some of it now. Yeah, but he loves X Men, the animated series. Uh, is it better than X Men, the animated series? Whew. It is very different. Oh my God! You're not even going to answer that. Oh my God! Harley Quinn. <laughs> now I gotta watch it. Oh my God! Dude, I'm telling you, me. this show is so good. <laughs> you're killing me. Um, is it better than? And I know this is isn't exactly apples to apples. Is it better than Mask of the Phantasm? No. Okay, all right. But but that's a movie. That's not a show. I I, I said I, didn't I preface it by it is not an apples to apples. Oh, okay, comparison? okay, okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, is it better than Batman: Brave and the Bold? Mm, that's pretty close, man. Oh wow! Oh, my God. Um. Oh, wow, I'm still blown away that you said it's better than Superman the animated series. <laughs> that still floors me. Um. Hmm. Well, you know where the last one's going, but I, I want to preface. Okay, is it better than? Ooh, 
All right, I'm just. Is it better than Batman the animated series? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Is it better than Batman Beyond? Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Um, Batman Beyond had a lot of new villains. It did. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. But still, I really it's love Batman Beyond. Your top five. Oh, easily. Like it couldn't. the The thing is, is it in your top three? Listen. Or is it knocking on the door of three? Listen, be, before you started asking me all these questions about all these shows, yes, I had is as my number two. Wow! Behind Batman the Animated Series. But now as you bring up all these other shows, I'm like, ah, maybe not number two. But like top five seems pretty good, like a good candidate for top five. Definitely top ten. I would say top five. But yeah, I think the, top the five is, uh, is pretty good. You can rearrange Justice League Unlimited. Sure. But still, you're only looking at like four series at this point for you. Mm-hmm. But you didn't really put X-Men in there. You didn't really slot that one in there. I, so. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about that, man. Sorry, Rob Krieger. Because that's, that's been a while. It's been a couple years. Well, how could you ever forget Jubilee? Shame on you. Jubilee was the best. Can't knock her. Shame on you. But uh, not anymore, because now she's got a baby and she doesn't do anything. <laughs> that was a st- who, who, who made that decision to give her a baby? That was dumb. Uh, anyways, Harley Quinn. So there's two seasons. Quinn. Two seasons. Now, does it follow the one and done? Or is it more everything is linked together like Batman would be? Each episode is self-contained. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there is an arc that runs through each season. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you probably like like you like I said, each episode is one and done. So like you can come into season two and just watch that. Uh, mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, there's stuff that happens that references stuff from previous episodes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, you don't need to watch every episode to get the story because they're all self-contained. Um, but like, if you watch the whole thing, you're rewarded. Okay. Okay. Now I have to ask. I understand now without you even saying it, you don't need just, just nod to me on our zoom link. (laughs) If you now have a poll list for Harley Quinn, I do not have a poll list for Harley Quinn. Okay. But I saw the nod on our zoom. So thank you for the (laughs) honesty there. But I did, uh, after I finished season one, I did watch birds of prey. Ah, okay. Uh, the anime series way better. Uh, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's not saying much, but yeah, no. way better. Not not that Birds of Prey is like a terrible movie. Like it's, no. it's it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, but the show is so smart, dude. It is like fucking brilliant smart. Now on your new poll list, <laughs> are you getting a Plastic Man series? Are you getting Deadpool now? Nope. Are you getting Howard the Duck? Hell no. How many comedy comics are now on your poll list? Zero. I have read Plastic Man, though. The Gil Simone Plastic Man is really good. Yeah, so is the Kyle Baker one. That's true, yes. Uh, I am reading a comic, which we'll talk about later, uh, but it's not a comedy. I can't believe you like comedy comics now. <laughs> you like comedy in your in your superheroes. Here, here's the thing, Nick. Here's Unbelievable. The thing. Here's the thing. You know, we talk about this all the time. Some people are like, uh, some some comic book movie comes out or a TV show, and people are like all up in arms because like, oh well, that's not how they do it in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
what do we always say? Like, I don't want the stuff of the comics. Cause yeah, if I, what's if, new? Yeah, if I wanted that, then I'd just go read the comics. Right. Um, so this show is not the comics. Mm. Um, it doesn't – I mean, like, obviously there's, like, the thing with the Joker and Harley, right? Sure. Uh, so the first season is basically, like, her breaking up with the Joker and then, like, trying to prove to all the supervillains that she's better than the Joker. Okay. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. But here's the thing. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, this it may not appeal to you as much as it appeals to me, but mm. because and here's the thing. You know, I'm not a big comedy guy, but just like the way the comedy's done, I think is so smart. Um, I mean, the the voice acting's great, and like sure. the the cast is not very big. There's there's uh-huh. several people. Like some people do multiple voices. Um, like uh, Kaylee Cuoco does uh, Harley Quinn. She does Batgirl. Um, oh wow some other characters Batgirl shows up in season two i didn't know uh kaylee cuoco did it oh yeah and then lake bell is poison ivy wow yep and i can't remember the rest of the cast um i had looked at strong in it she is not in it wow that's surprising okay uh so so each episode there hyenas in it uh there's not bring back the hyenas no okay there's not um there's I think there's an episode where the hyenas show up, but like Harley doesn't have the hyenas. Gotcha. Um, Alec Tudyk is in it. He plays Clayface. Oh, okay. And let me tell you, Nick, Clayface might be the best character in the series. Clayface is pretty good. No, Nick. No, no, no. Good. No, you don't get it. He is fucking hilarious. And okay. and not even... Imp- like, he doesn't do stuff to be fun. Like, he's not a comedic character. Um... But uh, but he's an he's an actor, and so he's very dramatic with everything he does, and he's mm. and because he does this like shape shifting thing, he develops like personalities for his characters, like like a professional actor would. It like takes sure. it very seriously. Um, uh, like there's oh. one character named Jennifer that he transforms into, uh, when uh, like the different villains take over different parts of Gotham at one point. And the Riddler, like, takes over Gotham University, and so Harley and Poison Ivy, like, go to infiltrate it to to get rid of the Riddler. And, like, Clayface had developed this character, Jennifer, to, like, help them out, and they're like, no, no, we don't need your help. But then, like, it turns out that, like, he saves the day with this Jennifer character because <laughs> she's dating, like, the one of the, the fraternity guys, and so, like, they can get into this frat party to get to the Riddler as a result of it. Uh, it was, dude, it was freaking classic. So Clayface is, I think, probably the best character in here. He's just hilarious. Um, of all characters, Nick, uh, I'm going to have to cut this part out of the podcast. Because I, I can't let this be made public. Oh, jeez. Uh, the second best character in this show is Kite Man. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. And, and who's he voiced by? Uh, Matt Oberg not familiar yeah i'm not familiar either um but uh he's he's hilarious too him and he's <laughs> he's pursuing poison ivy and she's like have has nothing to do with it but then like they end up getting together <laughs> and like that is a relationship i never thought i would want but it's just so good so the relationship you need it, yes it's not the one that i want but it's the one that i need it's just um, yeah. it's incredible and like he's so loyal and like innocent and like she's such a bitch. 
how when I when I when you think back, you don't have to compare it to Batman the Animated Series, uh-huh. but just the feeling that that type of series that the Bruce Tim series uh, cartoon series gives you. Mm-hmm. If you were looking at a Venn diagram, how close would Harley Quinn fit on top of a Bruce Tim animated series? Oh, not at all. Oh, but I mean, like tone wise, like I, I know what I'm getting. And it's always like, that was good. That was that. Like, it just gives you good feels. I mean, there's a lot of good feels, but it's no, you can't put this character in, in a Bruce Tim show. Okay. No. Okay. It's it's very it's way too comedic. Um, no, I'm, I'm just asking because the last like couple DC animated things mm-hmm. were so serious and like they just had a whole different tone. Oh, that dude, I, no. Not that I would be like this is in my series, but it's just like like thinking back to the Bruce Tim stuff. It was like no, it just like they weren't about a bigger picture. They were just about of like. There was some nice nostalgia play as well as like it had a good heart to it. Oh, I mean, like it's got a ton of like all the characters are lovable and they're all villains. Yeah, that's why you're describing exact. It makes me feel if what you're describing is like how I feel with Bruce Tim. That's why I wanted to ask, like, how close would it be sort of yeah. for that tone? Yeah, yeah, no, no. All, all the like the villains, the villains are all super lovable, uh, okay. in particular, like the main cast. Uh, awesome. and, and then like the heroes are just like caricatures. So it's like the opposite of comics. You know what I mean? Cause like in comics, mm-hmm. the heroes used to get really well developed and the villains would just show up and be like, haha, I'm blowing up the city. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm a punching bag. Yeah. In this show, it's like the opposite. Like all the villains are really well developed and then the heroes are just like caricatures. Um, there's like this like bromance thing going on between Batman and, um, and, uh, commissioner Gordon. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. And and Gordon's like drunk basically most of the series. Because um, like and he always talks about like how his wife's divorcing him. Um and, and like that ends up being clarified towards the, the latter half of the second season when Batgirl shows up and then like she reveals that she's Batgirl to him. Um yeah. And like even Batman is kind of like uh what was that movie? You remember Lego Batman? Or not Lego the Lego movie? Yeah. Okay, Batman's like that. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's like super over the top, like very serious. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think like what other hero characters are. But I mean, mostly it takes place with just like playing with the villains. Um. And Harley ends up like getting this crew together, and uh, like the crew's freaking hilarious. Um. So it's uh Harley, uh Poison Ivy, Clayface, King Shark. Uh, Doctor Psycho and Cyborgman, um, like that's Ron. Ron Funches is King Shark, dude. He's so funny. Oh, he's the bat. Wow, I'm so going funny. through this this voice cast. Tony Hale is Doctor Psycho. Mm-hmm. Jesus, there's some good people here, dude. The cast is amazing. And Diedrich Bader uh, re- reprises his role as Batman. Yep. Holy Christ! All right. You know, I was harassing you, but when you can throw in Christopher Maloney as Commissioner Gordon, <laughs> mother effort. Now I have to watch this. And JB Smooth is in it. Come on. Mm-hmm. Michael Ironside this is, is Darkside. Dude, this is an all star cast. Hell yeah. Golly. Yep. 
All right. I got to watch this now. And just looking at some of the like screen caps, there's a cool Bruce Tim feel to it yes. as well as like a very modern look, but not realistic. Thank God. So, so let me give you a feel for the atmosphere of the show uh, because, it, because it's unlike anything, uh, any other DC animated movie or show. And by the way, you just blew my mind because I didn't even get down far enough in the cast to see that Darkseid was there. Yeah, yeah, he he I'm shows like, up. How is Darkseid in this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that, it's like end of the world crap. He's he's in season two, uh, and yeah. basically like how that plays out is uh, Rachel Dragons, Nora Freeze. Are you kidding yep. me right now? Yep. Jesus Christ! I have to start this tonight. Can we end the show, dude? You gotta watch like this. It's twenty-two minutes per episode. I think season one is like 10 episodes, uh, maybe 12. Season two is 12 episodes. Uh, it's freaking hilarious. Like, it, especially if you stick with it. Dude, there was an episode in season two. I think it's the fourth one, the fifth one. I was rolling hysterically when it opened up because it like played to the fanboys. Um, it's got like a guy, it's like, like a neck beard and like his buddy wearing like a, a Last Jedi shirt. And and they're talking about this Harley Quinn anime because they're watching the Harley Quinn animated show, mm-hmm. and they're talking about like this is not how the comics go and like this da, 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 da. And, like dude it was so funny <laughs> it was so funny it was incredible uh, and I know a lot of our uh, co-hosts on the Nerdy Legion Network have been raving about this show yeah but other than them how how is this show not being like how is this show not flying under the radar for God's sakes, but still, why isn't it being hailed? Like some of the other DC animated shows have been hailed. Well, I think it's because you can't really watch it with your kids. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. There's, there's, a, there's F bombs. There's a lot of sexual innuendo. Uh, there's like dick jokes, uh, like literal dick jokes. Like there's a, there's a joke Damn. about Dr. Psycho's testicles being the size of dipping dots. Um, like there, there's a, it's, it's a very adult show. Uh, right. How so, does Kaylee Cuoco, how, how is she? Oh, she's, she's up? great. I loved her. Really? Okay, yeah. That's, I, that's... I, I thought she played a better Harley than, uh, Margot Robbie. Dang. That yeah. says a lot. Yeah. She's yeah. really good. Okay. Uh, so, so in terms of like how the, sh- the, the show is set up, it reminds me more of like, uh, did you ever watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Yes. Or like Venture Brothers? Yes. Okay, it's like that. Wow. Okay. But like more over the top. Dang. All right. Dude, I'm telling you, you're going to be peeing your pants when for you like say 20 Venture minutes Brothers, straight. Now I can see how Darkseid enters in because Venture Brothers would have insane enemies that they would go up against. Yeah. Well, they, they, in the most fumbling of ways. They don't fight dark side. Well, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but it's but funny still how, it, to know that it's that big of a thing, you know. It, it's funny how they get to dark side though. <laughs> Basically, Harley beat uh, Miracle Man, and Mr. Miracle is doing an escape show, uh-huh. and Doctor Psycho's got like this whole play, elaborate plan to get the Mother Box, right? So he's like exp- explaining who Mr. Miracle is and what the Mother Box is, and about Apocalypse and Dark Side and this and the other. And so like King Shark and Clayface are like super attentive, like watching this, and Harley's like bored to death as so she goes off and like beats this shit out of Mr. Miracle as he's like stuck in this uh, j- restraint jacket hanging upside down on stage. 
<laughs> uh, like beats the shit out of him, grabs some other box. She's like, is this what we need? And like <laughs> Dr. Cycle's like still explaining the plan. Um, so that's how they get to Apocalypse. That does sound like Venture Brothers. Dude, I'm telling you, it's it's like that. It's like Space Coast, Coast to Coast, and Venture Brothers. That's impressive. Yeah. So it takes – I mean, and I guess more Space Ghost, right? Because Space Ghost used to be a character in, like, the 60s. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then, like, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast is, like, completely different, right? It's just, like, the characters in these new situations. Um, and so that's basically what you see here. Except, like, you know, like I said, it plays with some of the stuff from the show – from the, the comics. Um like the Joker Harley relationship. Uh, the thing with Mr. Freeze was really great. I loved the way that that played out. Uh, getting Nora like out of the ice. Um, there's just like a lot of that stuff. But like the way that they reinterpret it is like to fit this show, which is super ridiculous. Dude, That's I'm telling crazy. you, you're going to love this show. I guarantee I... you, you watch this and you tell me if HBO Max is not worth it just for the show. I know what I'll be doing over the holiday. Yeah. So this this sounds really really good. Any any idea if they're going to be doing season three? Yeah yeah yeah. Oh they will. Yeah, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Yep. So it's not up there with uh, the Batman and Harley Quinn animated movie. No, it's way better. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, but it's so. And dude, you even see the Justice League in this show. Um. Because one of the main villains in season one is the Queen of Fables. Hmm. And she traps the Justice League in her book of fairy tales. Um, and so as the denouement for season two, with the whole dark side thing, uh, they manage to uh, get the Justice League to come out of the book. Uh, so it's uh, Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman. Because uh, Batman's like in both seasons. Uh, mm. Not not like a lot, but he shows up in both seasons. Yeah, and uh, and the way that whole thing plays out is hilarious too, because they do this thing at, at the end of season one where like Batman and Joker like lose their memory, uh, and so like Joker is a bartender for season two, hmm. but he's just like a regular guy, right? No makeup or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been dating this woman uh, who's got kids, so he's like talking about kids and blah blah blah, and Harley gets like super pissed. Uh, she's like, you never like kids, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and like the way that that plays out is really interesting. Cause you never see like that side of the Joker either. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, dude, it's really, really good. I, I cannot recommend this enough. It's so fucking good. Well, now I'm going to have to see where I'm going to rank it. Once I watch it, you will rank it in your top 10 for sure. Oh, I'm, I'm sure just by what you're describing and looking over the voice cast, that's a, that's an easy sell. Yeah, yeah. It's so good, man. God, I want to watch it again now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, I finished that, and uh, I love the shit out of it, man. It was so good. But don't watch it with your kids. Now, do you want to go – are you going to jump on the DC app and watch any of the other animated films or animated series? Uh, a lot of those are on HBO. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. the only thing I have is that that DC offshoot on HBO Max. Um. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I've seen most of them already anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one that I can't remember if I've seen or not is that all-star Superman. I don't um, remember if I ever yeah, saw it or not. I have seen that. That's good. Yep. I have seen that. It's good. But, uh, I mean, it wouldn't be the same feel as this show though. You know what I mean? But if you want something like closer to the comics, then yeah. Gotcha. 
No, I'm looking forward to it. This has gone to the top of my HBO list. So Good. It should go on the top of everyone's HBO list. Oh. Uh, for sure. For sure. Uh, so I want to give a I want to give a shout out to Glenn. Yes. Uh, because Glenn is already planning his uh, adopt a character for next year. I know. So I want to briefly talk about that. Oh. Because um, for some reason I like I decided to start one of mine. Um, already? Yeah. Dang. The the year's not even close to being over. I know. Wow. Okay. I know. How uh, did you come about? Well, how did you come about? Is this the only character for the year? Like, give give me the rundown. Give yeah, me I'll, the give, I'll give you the rundown. So, so what I want to do is, um, you know, I I love, uh, like Golden Age Batman, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, talk- and Glenn's character for anyone who didn't see the tweet is uh, Swamp Thing. Correct. Uh, which actually sounds pretty fun. I'm I'm thinking about doing that as well. Nice. Um, just not like that. I haven't read it, but. I, like that Alan Moore stuff's really good. It's a good excuse to reread anything. Yeah. But uh but I'm trying to do stuff that like I'm not overly familiar with, right? Sure. And uh and I really love Golden Age stuff. So he he tweeted about that and, and tagged us in it. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I would like to read like Golden Age characters that are still around, but that like you don't see as often or like aren't as popular or that are just like quirky. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and by quirky, I mean like when you think of like the Jack Kirby characters, right? Like Mr. Miracle and all those characters. Um, like they're they're so different from everything else that's in the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, may- maybe not so much anymore, right? Like a lot of stuff has been kind of mainstreamed a little bit to fit into things better. Uh, but when like when the fourth world stuff came out, like that was unlike anything else, right? Sure. Especially at DC. Uh so I, I just threw out a couple things like, uh, you know, Our Man and um, Dr. I, Fate and a couple other ones. And uh, and I'm actually I might actually add a couple extra ones because I started reading one of these characters and then friend of the show uh, Gundy chimed in about the trench coat brigade. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so I might go ahead and uh, and throw a couple of these on there. Um, I don't know what yet because I like. I've done a lot of Phantom Stranger uh, after, what was that, New 52? Yeah, New mm-hmm. 52. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of the Phantom Stranger stuff. Um, but, you know, like Dr. Cult and things like that could be interesting. Uh, I, so, I don't so I know how you, how you are with the adopted character. I love it. I love the concept. I, I, I'm excited to change up my character. Not that I'm bored with Batman or Hulk mm. for this year. Um, but I think the road you're going down is great. Mm -hmm. But after doing this for two, three years, I can't see myself doing a character that doesn't have modern interpretations Mm. because even though I do love going to the golden age, silver age, bronze age, I love them all, but I don't want to pick a character that is expressly an older era only. Uh, Well, so Yes, I agree. Like so, our man, our man would be tough right now. It would be to grab some. Sure, there's single issues here and there scattered. Sure, you can go back and read like the JSA run. That's modern. Yep. Ish. But once you get done with those, what eighty issues, sixty issues, 
then where do you find him? Because there is no DC Presents, there is no Brave and Bold where he would guest star. It'd be tough. Just same with like Hawkman. Hawkman, sure, there's a Venditti run, but that's only what, 16 issues, 18 issues? Right. And then you're going to have to go back to Jeff Johns. And then after, before Jeff Johns, holy mackerel, are you going back a little <laughs> bit? Which isn't bad, but I just right. want, I want a mixture. Like, I don't want to always be stuck in. That's why I stopped doing my adopted character when I was doing Spider-Man. I loved going back to the beginning and reading all the masterworks. But at some point, me putting a rule into my head of, I'm reading this chronologically. Mm made it that I didn't want to read as much Spider-Man because every once in a while you want a break, at least for me, I, I I need a break from that entire page's word bubbles. Holy Christ, is <laughs> yeah. Stanley reading, writing word bubble after word bubble? Yep. And it's all repetitious. And I get that that's the style of the time. But by me saying chronological, I couldn't go to like, or I could read something that's just, take off your brain from your head and now I can read Spider-Geddon because I know at the end of the story, no matter how it starts, at the end, it's just going to reset. Right. Well, because of that, I did pick a character. That oh, is... so you were thinking about that. I, okay. I was. Cool, cool. Uh, okay. So, so the, one of the characters that I picked right now mm-hmm. is exactly that, where it's there's been many iterations and there are still kind of around like i don't think there's been one recently uh but there's been a book with him in the last like three or four years i would say um and so i picked uh uh, dr fate um you know when you brought up fate before uh uh-huh i know you've been you were collecting floppies a lot longer than i have Mm -hmm. but when i look at and i don't have dc all access but when i look at like what's available on comiXology Mm -hmm. Jesus, there is not there's huge gaps in Dr. Fate's chronology. Yes. yes. Like uh, good luck finding any Sean McManus issues. Mm-hmm. And he did a huge run on Dr. Fate. Yep. Okay, all right. Now, do you have a lot of the floppies? Like how are you going to be grabbing from different eras? So, I do have a couple of the modern series, most of them. Nice. Uh, most of the issues. Um but uh luckily enough, I do have some of the earlier stuff that's not Golden Age, uh, and that's not JSA. Uh, so I do have the uh, three-issue Immortal uh, – what's it called? Immortal Dr. Fate, I think it's called, uh, which I, I really like. Um, it's not my favorite of what I read so far, uh, uh-huh. but I really like because it's structured kind of like a book that you would buy in the Golden Age – where there's like four different stories in each issue. And uh, and the first one's really interesting because in the first issue, you get like a, a two or three page like origin story um, as told by Inza, his, well, the original Dr. Fate's wife, uh, like retells his origin story. Uh, and then like in that same book, you also have like his first appearance, like a reprint of uh whatever it was like more fun comics something whatever number whatever number that was hey. uh, so you can read like that original story um and like a couple other things and then like each issue is self-contained um so like an issue two he there's like stories about him fighting this like mummy guy 
and then in issue three he's fighting this like aztec god thing um but like all those stories are written and i think uh demateus does all three of them um uh, uh, definitely does the uh the dr fate book from 87 which i read yeah. the, four, the four issues um but the tone of that book is very different from the immortal dr fate um uh, because like i said the immortal dr fate follows the structure and like the narration and the style of a golden age book mm. uh, whereas dr fate the dr fate miniseries uh does not um it's very much like a mid-80s book okay um so so the the three shoe mini was fine like i enjoyed it but i was like okay I, like i hope it gets better uh and then i read dr fate so it's jay and Mateus writing and keith mm-hmm. giffen on art and i love keith mm. giffen heck yeah um i think keith giffen has done some of my favorite like justice league unlimited books Mm. Uh, so I, I really enjoy that, and and it was funny too because he does um, either one or two issues in that Immortal Doctor Fate, but in the style of like a Golden Age book kind of, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. in in the mini it's like Keith Giffen all the way, right? And uh, and I, I really really love the art a lot, um, and and the story was interesting. Um, like you kind of have to know a little bit about who who the character is, but uh, but it's kind of like you know when they when they like redid uh, like Miracle Man or something like that, where like you get the gist of the character, but like it's a whole new direction, and like it's yeah. obviously a whole new direction, right? Um, you get that here. And was this the time where Doctor Fate went into that DC prestige format on the nicer paper? The no, price these, went up. No, these weren't prestige, and these are like a dollar fifty comics, not twenty five. Okay, so this must have been before prestige, because I know D. Mateus went over to the prestige format with Martin Burrow or Sean McManus. Um, so I think the series that you're talking about is um the one, is it the one after this one or two after? Um, it came out like late eighties, like eighty nine. Yeah. That sounds right, because it was right around, like, uh, Camelot 3000. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, that's when they upgraded the the paper quality, and you have, like, the mm-hmm. painted covers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Well, I don't know mm-hmm. if the covers were painted, but they look like painted covers. Um, yeah, that's the Sean McManus stuff. Gotcha. Uh, but, no, this is still uh, Giffen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really enjoyed it, man. Like, you know, when you – here's the thing. When you read older books, you kind of have to, like, put yourself in the mindset of that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why, like, for a lot of newer comic readers, uh, and I don't know how many of those there are, but let's assume they exist. Um, mm-hmm. That's why, like, for newer comic readers, like, you just have to really like a character to go back into the publishing history and get back issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for, like, us older folks, it's probably not as bad because we grew up reading the stuff in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. so like you already are familiar with it uh but like if you've never read a book from that era like you're not gonna like them even going back i'm sure if your daughters went back to 90s comics they would be like what the hell is this dude even if you went back like mid-2000s you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you have to get yourself in the mindset and but i'm i love getting myself in that mindset oh for sure 
Uh, and I mean, I made a joke on Twitter because there's like a really creepy panel. I think you you commented on it. I don't know a few people commented on it uh, in the in the last issue of that mini. Um, <laughs> because uh, so the the original Doctor Fate is Kent Nelson, okay? and uh, and the way he became Doctor Fate is like his dad was an archaeologist or something, and they he took his son to this dig because they have found the sarcophagus. They opened the sarcophagus up. And like this gas like explodes out of it, and the dad dies, and it turns out that like inside the sarcophagus is Naboo, who's this like five thousand year old magician. Like it plays out a lot like Shazam, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like Captain, uh, yeah, Captain Marvel. Um, and like Naboo like teaches him magic and all this stuff, and and then you start learning about the character's history. So, so in this miniseries, you follow Kit Nelson, um, but like he's either dead or dying. That's not quite clear um, because at one point, like Naboo does bring him back to life at the end. Like oh. he he Naboo takes over Kit Nelson's body, but he's not Kit Nelson anymore. He's oh. like he's Naboo. Um, and so like you get the story of introducing like the next Doctor Fate. Uh, which is oddly enough, Eric and Linda Strauss, which are like a mother, uh, yeah, it's a stepmom and and stepson, uh, that like get Im- embedded into this thing, and it's weird because like I love Demetrius, but like this feels like Keith Giffen wrote it because you know G- Keith Giffen's got this style where like stuff doesn't make s- it's like a lot of non sequiturs, <laughs> right? And like that's how this is written, um. Because, like, there's a little bit of, like, the, the Shazam stuff. There's a little bit of, like, Moon Knight in here. Um, because, like, Eric is a 10-year-old boy. But by encountering Naboo, like, he ages to, like, an adult body, uh, which drives him crazy. And so mm-hmm. he gets put in – I think he gets put in Arkham, actually. Uh, because the, the villain of, of the book is uh, Dr. Stoner, who works at Arkham. So you, there's actually a panel of the Joker and there's a panel of Two Face in in one of the issues. Uh, oh. so, so yeah, they, they've got to be at Arkham, and uh, he's like trying to treat him, but it turns out that like he's been possessed by um, Typhon, who's like the arch nemesis of Doctor Fate. And so like this, like if you if you're not familiar with the whole mythology of the character beforehand, you are s- totally lost. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like you, you get some stuff in like issue three and four, uh, but by that point, like who's still reading, right? Like if you're totally lost. Oh no, you bailed. You, yeah, you bailed issue already. Two. Yeah, yeah, you bailed already. Um, but you know, I found it interesting enough, and like, you know, kind of how I made fun of uh, Tom King with like his one word word balloons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a lot of those here, <laughs> right? Um. But there's some like really cool ones too, like long, like three pa- three panel uh, pages with like the long column uh, panels, uh, and like the words spread out over the panels. Oh. So um, it can be like a, if you're reading digital, it might be difficult. Like I don't know how it would work in Comicsology if it's on there. Um, this is definitely something that you would want to read in print um, because then you can follow the the dialogue a little bit better. Get the pacing down. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, like, so Dr. Stoner is treating him because he wants to take over the, the power of fate, of Dr. Fate. Um, but, like, 
work for the Lords of Chaos, who are like the the ultimate villains of this whole thing. Like Typhon's one of them, uh, and Naboo is one of the Lords of Order. Uh, so there's there's a lot of like weird mythological stuff in here, because uh, th- these creatures aren't like physical things. They're like I don't know, like they they show a picture of Naboo at one point towards the end in like his his spirit form. And he's like, you know, a glowing orb with like fire around it. Um, and, and some of that stuff like kind of takes him getting used to um, uh-huh. because there's points where like Naboo is talking to the other Lords of Chaos. Um, but like you don't know that you only tell that because it, the word balloons are like different color, like different colored outlines. And that's how oh, you know boy. that they're different ca- characters uh, wow. and because they're like they're not physical beings. Right. So there's no picture of them on, on the page. Uh, so like that kind of stuff can be a little difficult to follow, uh, but I enjoyed it. And like they, having read the immortal Dr. Fate beforehand, I enjoyed like how Mateus and Giffen changed a little bit, how the interaction between Naboo and, and Dr. Fate plays out, uh, where it wasn't just like, you know, Moon Knight, for example, right with Khonshu. Um, it was a little more nuanced than that after they redid this whole origin thing. Uh, with these new characters, and then it became kind of like um, uh, like Firestorm, right? Because when when Kent Nelson was Doctor Fate, like he had the power of Naboo, but now like um, you know Eric and his stepmom have to like bump fists basically to become Doctor Fate. Yeah, it's like a Wonder Twin power type of thing. Yeah, kind of. Except like they don't actually have to like bump fists. You know what I mean? Actually, you're you're. I think you're closer with Firestorm from what what little I read of that era. Mm-hmm. But I do remember, I mean, most of my Dr. Fate is in team books. Exactly. Where, where Me he too. never got, I think that's a great spotlight character because I know how rich that history is just from hearing other people talk about it and reading about it. Mm-hmm. But I never read any of it other than like, Oh, a quarter bin has six issues and I'll grab them. Yeah. They're never sequential, but it was always fascinating. Well, I, but I bought it, but I bought it because of the creators. Like oh, I love some Demetrius or I love oh, yeah. you know, Sean Martinborough or Sean McManus and fell in love with it. Just, but I, I do remember like, wow, there's a lot here that I'm just not getting because they're writing not for a child. They're writing at, in prestige format. Those issues, at least it seemed like they were writing for an adult, a smart adult. Yeah, th- these are not kids' comics. Yeah, it seemed like sort of like Sandman. Like you're not going to give that to a ten year old. Right. Just not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I- I'm trying to think back. I want to say that uh, it- it's not the Mateus that did the original. Uh, let me look it up here real quick. It might be Gerber. Oh, Paul Levitz. Okay. Oh, okay. Paul Levitz did issue one. Uh, let's see who did issue two. But such a great spotlight character. There's so much history there. It's it's like going back and reading, like, I never read one issue of old Doctor Strange. Ah. But I know how deep that character is. For sure. I just never, I just never read any of it. It was a blank spot for me. Well, funny that you say that, because now I have an excuse to dig up the, uh, the Amalgam comics and read Ooh. Doctor Strange Fate. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. I like it. Do you have a lot of Dr. Fate in your no. possession? Or no, is it no, going to no. be a hard thing to find? So I, I have Dr. Strange Fate. I have the four issue mini and I have the immortal Dr. Fate. 
Um, and then I have got the one. It's just called Fate. When they like totally redid the character, and he's got like the spiky hair and like the onks on his chest or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, like yeah. a totally different costume. I think Giffen did that one too. Um, that was in probably the mid '90s. I would I want to say. Um, so I and have. And then you have some Justice Society, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I have Justice Society. Uh, let me see. When did this come out? Yeah, '94. Wow. Uh, so I have some of that, and I have some of the newer stuff. Gotcha. Uh, cause like there's been like probably ten different people that have been Doctor Fate. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, so I would say I would say it's like Moon Knight squared. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So crazy. I mean, that is a rabbit hole of history. Mm-hmm. Well, please continue to come on to the podcast because I want to learn more about it without reading a wiki page. <laughs> I find it fascinating. I find like his. I, I find it fascinating. So I, you know, after I read the Immortal uh, Doctor Fate, I went on YouTube to find like a, a quick history of Doctor Fate because mm-hmm. like I got it, but I was still a little confused. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I watched the video, and I was not any less confused. <laughs> oh, no. So it's like one of those things, you know what I mean? Now, do you think before, well, I would assume semi-soon, would you go on to eBay and try to get like a big run? So you have some of those like, you know, prestige formats or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I'll, s- I'll see if they have them on like full runs on eBay, but I'll probably just do like my comic shop. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That just uh, it's just easier sometimes to do it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. You don't have to wait. You don't have to like bid on shit. <laughs> oh my god! There's a Doctor Fate number one CGC nine point eight for a dollar. Oh. oh, buy it now. <laughs> no, it's a it's a bid. Four days left. Yeah, of course it's a bid. Come on. Yeah, but uh, but still one dollar. He still has a kick-ass costume. Oh yeah, I love the costume. Yeah, it's uh, it's very golden age. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah, is that the only spotlight character you're going to be grabbing this 2021? For right now, yes. Okay. I don't yeah. I don't know what else yet. Ooh, I do want this though. A Keith Giffen Doctor Fate number one cover art reproduction. I don't care if it's a Ooh. reproduction. That's nice. It's in black and nice. white. Nice. Yeah. You want that? Ooh, I do wonder. Damn, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Let me see here. I wonder if there's any Dr. Fate original art. Oh, boy. What a rabbit hole. But it's got to be Giffen. Ah, okay. Not Kent Williams? No. I mean, look, dude, there's a lot of, like, really good uh, Dr. Fate artists, right? Like, Scott Eaton's been on there. Yeah. Uh, like, I think Brett Booth did uh, one of the newer series, which, you know, like, you have to be in the mood for Brett Booth because, like, but you know me, I love Brett Booth because he did Stormwatch and Backlash and all those guys, and I love that shit. Um, but uh, God, I do want some of this. Brendan McCarthy, man, that's cheap. <gasps> Damn it, I'd have to buy some of this. Get in there. Dog it. Chris Bacalo? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now we're talking. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what I started, and I've been enjoying it, man. We'll see how it goes. Nice. As uh, as uh, we get closer to modern times, because uh, Immortal Immortal Doctor Fate came out in '85, and the Forge Mini was '87, so uh, you know it's it's a little dated, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh, but we'll see. Could be good. Could be terrible, but could be good. 
I think learning that history is going to be good. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. I've been batting around who I wanted to choose um, for my spotlight character, and I just I haven't narrowed anything down. Everything's for me. It has to be. I I already have a lot of material socked away that I've never read before. Mm. So that's how I sort of choose my characters. Right, right, right. And I usually only choose one Marvel and one DC mm. and move forward like that. So right now I think I'm leaning towards, because uh, there's a lot of his history I haven't really buttoned up. Mm-hmm. Or I've learned through more modern art uh, authors retelling the older stories or including characters from the older stories that makes me want to like, I want to learn more about that character. Mm. So I'll buy a trade, but I haven't read it yet. Right. Um, but I'm leaning sort of towards Captain America. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I'm pretty hyper-focused on from Brubaker forward. Yeah. But going backwards, I have a lot that I haven't read that's just sitting there, but there's a lot of those like secondary characters that I don't know much about. So mm. I'd like to learn more about as well as I sort of want to like jigsaw puzzle piece in, well, how did Brubaker use such and such character in his run? Right. Like I think doing that's sort of fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. But I, but DC, I'm, the last time I thought about it was I, I was really wanting to go and do a flash because Which I flash that's the, that's the thing. Because ah. right now I own a lot of flash and I read like most of the Jeff Johns, but anything before that, not really. Yeah. Flash is like Dr. Fate. Like if he's in a, in a, um, DC Spotlight or a team book, sign me up. I'll I'll read Flash all day. But solo books, like I picked up a lot of the Mark Wade just because I love me some Mark Wade. Yeah, those are good. And I just figured, oh, I'll pick those up. But there's a lot of the older stuff as well as the Mark Wade, the um Miller stuff, and the Jeff Johns that's like, I should really read this. Like there, there's got to be some great concepts because I mean Mark Wade absolutely loves the Flash and he was on the Flash for so long. Like I'm sure there's ebbs and flows and ups and downs, but I'm sure he brings some pretty cool concepts at least in the beginning. Yeah, to the character. So that's sort of where I'm leading, but I'm trying to also pick characters that if I have an itch for a team book. That I can be like, well, Captain America's, you know, in in this Avengers or in this Marvel team up. So I'm going to read that now. Yes. I mean, since you brought up the Flash, I had tossed around doing Jay Garrick, but then you run into the same problem that we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Then you have to read like really old stuff or it's just like one and done where he shows up for like a page, right? To like help Barry yeah. do something. Uh, and and, that, how, that and are you really going to go like fish those out? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that would be a little rough for you. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could, because I do that with Moon Knight, right? Because Moon Knight doesn't always have his own book, but he shows up, like, here and there. Oh, yeah. Um, But I, that just seems like too much for that. And I was batting around Moon Knight for a little bit. Oh, yeah? But I would say that I probably have read half of his series. Yeah. 
And do I want a spotlight character where I'm rereading stuff? Right. No, I, you want I, new stuff. Yeah, I want I want new stuff. Yeah. But to be honest with you, when I say Flash, am I gonna like put that on? I'm reading I'm reading Flash, not Wally or Barry or Jay. Yeah. Like yeah. I I want to leave that open. So if I want to read JSA, I'm gonna read JSA. Like I. I I like having it a little bit open. Like I understand when Mike Myers is like, I go down too many rabbit holes. I'm not going to have a spotlight. <laughs> I get that. But I also, that's why I try to leave myself a very broad. That's why when Batman's my spotlight character and I want to read Robin or Catwoman, it's like they're in the Batman universe. Like I'm going right. to, I'm, I'm not going to like, subject myself if i don't if i want to read a catwoman series i'm just gonna read it mm-hmm. like it, the, the the whole thing about an adopt a character should be like the fun aspect of it right yeah. yeah that's true i would love to do dr fate and i have plenty of jsa but the stuff i really want to read is the solo titles and there's just barely anything digitally so i i just I'm not going to do that. I can't yeah. do that. No, I don't blame you. Yeah. I can't blame you there. But I um, love it, and I want to learn more about it. I yeah. Want that, I want that information. How's, uh, I saw you were reading some, uh, Criminals. Criminals? Yeah. That Mike Zack Batman you were posting. Oh, God. <laughs> you made me think of, uh, Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker, Criminal. <laughs> no. Yeah, Legends of the Dark Knight Criminals, the yeah. two-issue arc from Mike Zeck. Jiminy Christmas, how is Mike Zeck not drawing more Batman? That is, that was, that's yeah, a travesty. Nice. Holy, yeah. holy cow! And the, the colors were, and I've, and I've read many comics uh, that were colored by Digital Chameleon, mm-hmm. but this was the first time that it felt like the color separation was almost like the palette felt very noir felt very painted. It was really, really pretty. It was like the, just the, the different tones that they used made it feel so noir. And I, I absolutely loved that little, that's why when they had a little sale on comiXology for legend of the dark Knight. I was like, heck yeah, I'll buy. Like, I went through all those single issues because sadly, DC's not putting out Legend of the Dark, Dark Knight trades all that often. Mm-hmm. So, to find like that two issue arc or to find a two issue arc of like another writing artist combo that I, that I absolutely should have read back in the day, but I never did. Mm-hmm. Like, criminal, you just didn't, criminals, you didn't know. Is this going to be good, Zach? Is it, or is this going to be phone in, Zach? I have no <laughs> idea. Like, Chaykin's the same way. Like, are you getting yeah. good Chaykin, or are you going to get phone in? Yeah. And this was such a good story, as well as the art. Oh, my God. I took my time reading that. So much fun. Yeah. Yep. The, uh, you know, that could be uh, an interesting way. Hmm. I mean, it, I don't think it would work with, uh, like, a coloring studio, but... Instead of doing adopt a character, do like and adopt a writer or like adopt an artist. Hey, why couldn't you do that if you wanted to do that? Yeah, that could be kind of fun, actually. That'd be really fun. Hmm. 
I might have to think about that. Then it would just be adopt a whatever creative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which wouldn't be a bad thing. Yep. I like uh, that. I need to look. That. I wonder if Digital Chameleon got bought out by somebody. Because remember, that's the reason that uh, that Malibu bought, or not Malibu, that uh, Marvel bought Malibu was basically just to acquire the the coloring department. I I would love to know who actually did color it. That's the thing, because it's such a you know broad name. But you know, after Criminals is a three issue arc called Werewolf mm-hmm. by James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, please. And John Watkiss. Mm. And John Watkiss, dude, I fell in love when he was doing like Sandman Mystery Theater. And he just, his art just like spoke to me. It just so beautiful. So when I saw him, oh my God, he did three issues on Legend of the Dark Knight. Are you freaking kidding me? Because I haven't seen him in ages. So then I went down a Wikipedia rabbit hole and found out that he like passed away like seven years ago from like cancer. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, man. And he even has like his web store still up that like, can you buy stuff? It says that you could. There is a buy button. But is anyone running that? I don't know. Uh... Like, doesn't look like it was updated all that much. Yeah. But I was actually trying to see like, Ooh, does he have like a coffee table type book? Huh. I, I just always loved his artwork so much. So that's what I have next. That actually that'll be tonight. I'll be reading Werewolf, Legend of the Dark Knight Werewolf. Nice. I wish yeah. they'd bring that series back, man. That was a great series. Same here. Yeah. I just love like two issue arcs or one issue arc. Like mm-hmm. and that's I think we both have, have discussed like I get that whoever it is james robinson doesn't want to get hooked up with such and such character for you know our for issues and issues years and years but he might have time in his schedule to like write a three issue arc yeah yeah, yeah. seems perfect what uh what was the other series that was kind of like legends of the dark knight batman black and white no hmm some reason I wanted to say Gotham Knights, but that's not what I'm thinking of. That's a totally different concept. No. Man, I can't remember now. Oh well. Ah, come on. Maybe come on. If I look up Batman series, maybe oh. that, how <laughs> that, that'll that'll result in that, hundreds yeah, of things. That'll narrow it down. Jeez. Uh all Batman series. No, that's animated. Ah fuck. Maybe I can look well, up just Batman. Let's do that. That might be oh, actually yeah, that easier. Would be, that would be easier. <laughs> no, that actually might be easier. Oh, wait. Are you thinking Batman Chronicles? No. Well, that's... that's li- Well, I guess not. No, no, no. Uh, list of Batman comics. Ha! Nope. While you're doing that research... Did you read, and this is a brand new comic, uh, Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood? No. It's a limited series that's not like Legends of the Dark Knight where it's like individual tales. It's like short story collection. Like the first issue had three separate stories. They're all new. Had three separate stories, 10 pages each Mm. by different creative teams. And they're all focusing on Wolverine but they're all like side stories and they're all from different eras of Wolverine. Interesting. 
It is. It's a great concept. I won't say that all What's of the stories were Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood. Black, White, and Blood. Yeah, it's a four-issue miniseries. But honestly, when I thought about like the different eras of Wolverine, like, you know, oh, it's a it's a feral Wolverine story or, oh, it's, you know, when he was Patches or Weapon X, whatever. In my head, I was like, why isn't Marvel doing this for all of their characters? Mm. Like make like, oh, a Spider-Man version where, you know, it's the white cosmic suit or the black suit or, you know, when when there was clone wars going on have like creative teams like how could you how could a writer who fell in love with whatever character at that time when they were you know 10 years old why wouldn't they if when they were 10 they were reading you know marvel presents wolverine stories why wouldn't they want to write that wolverine character mm-hmm same with artists. Why wouldn't an artist want to be like, no, I love Sam Keith. I want to draw that version of Wolverine. Right, right, right. Like, uh, it was such a great concept. Like I said, execution-wise, yeah, there ups and downs. Because, you know, how much in a story, how much can you tell in 10 pages? I don't know. But would I love to see this Quite concept a bit. Spider-Man or Captain America or Thor? Like, that would be fascinating. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, it was really, really good. Uh, Shadow of the Bat is what I was thinking of, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They need to do more stuff like that. Heck uh, yeah. Uh, like Streets of Gotham, like that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, this looks awesome. I did not know this was a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dennis turned me on to it. Interesting. Yeah. Rick Lance, Salvador Roca, Cleveland Walker. Yeah. Sounds yeah, good. Kep Walker did a great job. Uh, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, the thing is, like, most characters are not Wolverine. It's like Batman, right? Like, you can do Shadow of the Bad, Legends of Dark Knight, all that kind of stuff with Batman. But, like, you couldn't do, uh, I don't fucking know. What, 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 something else? Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Yeah, there you go. Um, or, I mean, even another bigger character like Wonder Woman, you couldn't do that. Yeah. Right? Like, Superman, Batman, that's probably about it. But I'm sure you could get, you know, if Dave... Demetrius fell in love with, you know, a certain version of Wonder Woman. Why wouldn't he want to write a 70s Wonder Woman story? True. I bet you there's a pitch in there somewhere. That's true. And especially 10 pages, like we always say, like, yeah, you could probably get Frank Miller to do a three-issue arc. Well, 10 pages would be, be even less of a commitment for him. You know, I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, because I just said Wonder Woman and I totally lied because I just remembered they just finished a Wonder Woman book that was kind of like that. I mean, it was a mini series. Uh, you got to read it. Uh, let me see what it's called. It's by, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. Are you familiar? Uh, uh, have you ever read murder Falcon? No. Uh, extremity. No. Okay. So you should read some Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, he he often writes and draws. He's got okay. a, a very distinctive style. Uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth is what it's called. Mm. Uh, it might be one of the best Wonder Woman books I've read in like 20 years. Dang. Really good. That's high praise. It's really good. All right. Uh, so check that out. That's a good recommendation. I will. Uh, his, his art style might be 
some getting used to for a character like Wonder Woman. Just FYI. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't have anything else, man. Do I have anything else? I don't think so. I don't even know. You don't? I'm sure I do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. There's always something. Oh, I did have one more thing. Ah, there we go. Aliens. Uh-oh. What happened with aliens? Aliens, Nick. Did you did you you didn't hear the news about the monolith? <laughs> no, tell me. Oh, this is not like a fake thing. This is this is like on the sure. news. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, nobody knows what the fuck it is, by the way. Um, but there were some um like I guess they're not or is, were they park rangers? I don't remember. Some some like office in Utah, uh some government office was like doing a helicopter flyby somewhere in Utah in this like wildlife preserve section. Um mm-hmm. they were like studying like some mountain sheep or something. I don't fucking know. Okay. Like they were counting yeah. sheep uh okay. on a helicopter. And like they fly through this canyon and they see this shiny object. So they land the helicopter and they go to it and it's like a fucking twelve foot tall monolith. What? Just like in this canyon. I swear to God, Nick. What? You need to look this up. Just look up like Mysterious Monolith Utah. And you'll see this thing. It's a twelve foot tall silver monolith. What? This is not a joke. Okay. And like these guys like video themselves like going up to the monolith and like checking it out or whatever. Uh nobody knows what it is. Like the theory is like some like artsy person just like made this installation. But like why would you put like a twelve foot tall slab of metal just like in a canyon where nobody ever goes? It seems so weird. Um maybe for that very reason. I mean I discovered. Sure, I guess. That's but, awesome. Uh, that's I mean it's not aliens, obviously. Somebody well, just fucking you know? put the thing there. How do you know? I mean I don't know. You're right. It right. could be how do you know? It why could be. why do you say absolutely it isn't? Uh can it be? I mean, it is twenty twenty, you know what I mean? Right. Like anything's possible now. <laughs> We don't believe in facts anymore. There's so. nothing that isn't real anymore. So why not? Yeah, why not? Santa's going to come down my chimney this year for all I know. <gasps> oh, my. It could be. Uh, but you should look oh, at oh. pictures of the uh, thing or, or find the video. Um, one of the, the local like Utah TV stations has a, a good video on their website uh, that you can check out. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about. Oh. I want to talk about real aliens. Uh-oh. Aliens are real, Nick, and they're coming. Is this the Alchemical Mind podcast? Not only are they real, they're already here. What? And they live in the ocean. Are we talking about underwater again? Yes, USOs. Underwater submerged objects. <laughs> no, unidentified submersible objects. That's what it is. Wasn't, it, wasn't that the thing that Bob Hope would go overseas and perform at? The USO show. The USO show. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I I gotta tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's there's supposed to be some like look. Here's the thing. Uh, so they they like reset up this whole like UFO task force thing at the Navy. Um, to like investigate UFOs. There's supposed to be some committee where they're like publishing some report by the end of the year. I don't fucking know what's going on. Oh. Um, but uh, but there was supposed to be some news that coming out today. 
uh, and it's been pushed back. So of course, UFO Twitter is like all a buzz. Um, <laughs> but somebody leaked this like Navy study uh, where they're using some kind of like high tech AI to like sift through um, like images on underwater images looking for high speed vehicles. Because um, we never talk about this, we always talk about flying saucers, Nick. Uh, but there's a lot of stories about USOs hmm. with like ships coming out from underwater or like ships diving from the from the air into the water. Uh, and some people go crazy for this stuff because there's like ancient stories about like people walk, coming out of the ocean and like teaching people about civilization uh, all over like Samaria and, and Mexico and all kinds of places. Are you uh, telling me I should read Aquaman as my spotlighted character? Because that's where that's where I'm leaning now. You are 100% correct, and it's so funny because I remember watching Aquaman the first time. Was it Aquaman? No, it wasn't Aquaman. I was watching Godzilla, <laughs> the okay. Matthew Broderick classic. No, the the new one. Oh, with okay. the girl from Stranger Things. Sure, sure. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown, and. They never talk about it, but Godzilla is basically like living in Atlantis under the water because there's like temples and shit, and uh, and the temples have like pictures of Godzilla on them. Did you ever watch that movie? Well, that's just fact. Well, obviously. Yeah. Um. But anyways, I just wanna I wanna throw that out there because uh, there's supposed to be some information on 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 underwater. No, un- unidentified submersible objects. When will you have read this report? I don't know. Whenever it comes out, if it comes out, I don't fucking know. Dang it. You didn't Come hear on. about the, the airplane that almost got hit by a UFO? <laughs> Dude, this is like on CNN. Is that where I saw it today? I'm pretty sure. Uh, let me see here. Commercial. Are you sure like... they didn't see a man in a red cape? come up next to him and like give him a salute and then fly away. Is that what you're talking about? No, buddy. This is like yesterday. Cause I saw that on Superman two. No, this happened yesterday. God damn it. Yes. Now I can't find the link. Um, this was in, in England. Was it in London? It might've been in London, but it was definitely in the UK. Um, oh. this, this plane is like about to like, they're en route to land at the airport. Okay. And like they have to start evasive maneuvers because out of nowhere, this like shiny metal ball goes within like 10 feet of the airplane and they go in like into evasive maneuvers as they're trying to land the airplane. What? I'm dead serious, dude. This is like yesterday or this morning. Is this it? Sounds like, is no. this fake news? All right. You know what? No, Did it's you not find fake this news. on Fox News. Uh, God damn it. No, Fox News. That's not a thing. What's that? Oh God! What do I need to look for? UK. Is this a parlor trick? Did Donald Trump mention this as a parlor trick to try no. to like get votes? No. God damn it! I mean, I'm tired. Don't get me wrong. So I'll just blindly agree with you as well as believe you. Bingo! I found it. Ha! UFO almost collides with passenger's jet as pilots approach UK airport. Yeah, I'm not making this up. The rogue object came at the packed, as the packed Boeing 737 plane 
almost head on as pilots prepared to land at Leeds Bradford Airport. Ooh. This happened on September 1st, and they just released the information. Sheesh. Any it, images? Uh, not of this one. Yeah, not of this one. Uh, but there is a video of a monolith. <laughs> uh, that's like, uh, what was that? I think that was, it might have been in October. Uh, they were doing some uh, like satellite, um, like reconnaissance or imagery or whatever of uh, of Antarctica. And they found this like giant circular fortress thing. Uh, I mean, like you can't tell that from the picture. You know what I mean? Um but like even the the people that like found this the the researchers that found it they're like that's really weird like this shape you never see it in nature I gotta I, when I find that I will send you the picture you know what? I'm gonna send you all these fucking are pictures because you, you know believe are you, me are you talking about the fortress of solitude because I read that yes they found year. the fortress of solitude Nick. I read that in a Superman comic book last Superman year. Superman might be in it. You know what? Remember, this is 2020. What if we find out that Superman is real? <sighs> and he was born and raised in Russia? I read that. Yes. I read that elsewhere. I, I like that one a lot. Yeah. That's one of my favorite Superman stories, you know. Well, it should be. It's I really mean, good. The, the, the animated movie was fine. Yeah. But it was yeah. not as good as the comic because they changed stuff. Oh. Right. And the stuff they changed wasn't for the better. No. But I get why they change it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be one of these neck beards that complains. Yeah, uh, don't do that. Because I shaved my neck today. So <gasps> so I can't be a neck beard. Okay. Just my neck, though. That's it. Well, you're throwing out a lot of stuff. Or was it an alien predator thing? Oh, I forgot about that. Domed ship. Yeah, that was in Antarctica, wasn't it? Yes. I'm going to have to watch that movie tonight because that's on HBO Max. <laughs> You're going to do some research? But the first one, not the second one. The second one's fucking awful. Yeah. But the first one's pretty good. Uh, no, I'm not going to do some research. i got to find these damn pictures to send to you. i got to find this monolith video. Why uh, do you want to scare me right before I go to bed? Yeah, okay, here we go. The monolith video is easy because all I had to do was type monolith. Like, how many times does that show up in the news? <laughs> uh the the ufo one uh almost hitting the plane might be more difficult maybe yeah uh, i can't i see i can't even look at my history because i erase my history every day dang it but i will find it don't you worry nick you would think that one of the passengers would have been pulling out their phone and taking a picture of this ball how would they do that it's a high speed object flying past the plane well maybe they saw it coming they saw it coming? Yeah. From head on? Oh, I didn't know it was head on. Yeah, it was coming head on. Mm, mm. It missed the plane by like 10 feet. Could that just be time travel? Uh, no. Are you sure it wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger appearing to us in modern day? Uh, uh no. He wasn't naked inside that energy ball? <laughs> no. We don't know. Could be. Uh, I just watched that, too. Could be a Terminator. What's we that one know. called? Dark Fate. Terminator Dark Fate. How was that? It's fine. I have it in my queue. I've been debating. Uh, isn't that on HBO? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's on Amazon Prime. On Prime. That's right. I knew it was on one of those things. Yeah, uh, yeah it's good. It's my second watching. Okay. Uh, okay. It, it's, not the, it's not my favorite. 
Well, uh, of course. Terminator 2 Judgment Day is the best of the series. Yeah. No, uh, deb- no debate. Uh, if you debate that, you're wrong. Sorry. It could be an energy ball with a naked Arnold in it. We don't know. <laughs> but uh, but the Terminator in uh, well, she's not the Terminator in Dark Fate has a good butt. She's got a great butt. Oh, all right. Uh, she's not she's not Thank like you. super attractive though. What's her name? Mackenzie Davis. I don't know. Uh, she was in uh, what's that show that she was in that I really liked. Or am I confusing her with somebody else? No, I'm pretty sure that was her. Yeah, Halt and Catch Fire. Did you ever see that? Nope. It's very good. It's uh, it's kind of like, what was that movie? Silicon Pirates? Did you ever watch that? That was like a and E. I I don't know. It's like the, the Bill Gates and, and the Apple. Yeah. Yeah, I did watch that. Uh, it's kind of like that, but like uh, not about those characters. It's... um. Basically, it's like the founding of HP, I think, mm. uh, but like in this fictionalized retelling of it. It's really good. It's fucking okay. awesome. Okay. Uh, what was that on? A&E, maybe? Um, but you can definitely catch that on streaming somewhere. All right. I'll uh, look it up. She was in that. Good cast on that. What's his name? Lee Pace? He's great. All right. You sold me. No, I didn't. Yeah. Halt and Catch Fire. I didn't, I didn't sell you as well as I sold you on Harley Quinn, the animated series. Well, that's true. Yeah. But so. that, that, that's a little bit easier of a sell. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyways, you got anything else? No, I'm, I'm tapped out. Aliens. Dude, when they announce about the aliens, you're going to be like, God damn it. Martin's been right all along. Oh, God. <laughs> just trying to scare me. Where's Andrew Shaw? He'll back me up. That's true. Mm-hmm. Except now he's watching movies about ventriloquists. What movie is that? Magic. Oh. <laughs> and I told him that that I saw that uh, when it originally came out on like HBO with my mom. Oh, wow. And after that, I threw away my Howdy Doody doll. <laughs> Scared the hell out of me. No, thank you. Get out of here. So you never seen... You never seen Annabelle or any of those? Hell no. (laughs) And I never went back to any doll type movie until Child's Play. Uh, That's not even scary, dude. No, that was funny. Yeah, that that was was funny. Good popcorn film. But as a little boy watching Magic with Anthony Hopkins, I don't think so. No, (laughs) thank you, good sir. Horrible. And he, uh, Andrew showed a picture, tweeted out a picture of the cover, and that was enough to be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> wow. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess we can wrap up. I do have a book recommendation. I'm not going to talk about it, but uh, if you're interested, check out Brian Murarescu's The Immortality Key. Fucking awesome mm-hmm. book. Okay. Uh, it's about uh, psychedelic wine and the Lucian Mysteries. Really good. Jeez. Uh, yeah. This guy's never done psychedelics of any kind. He was a lawyer uh-huh. and quit his job to like do research on this topic. So he basically did research on like the influence of like Greek mystery religions on early Christianity through the use of psychedelics, and it is fucking good. Wow. Yeah. It's How really did you good. trip onto that? Um. He was on Joe Rogan like a month ago, I think, before the book the book came out. Uh, and actually, oddly enough, I was going back and forth with him on Twitter before he went on Joe Rogan. 
now he's on Joe, he went on Joe Rogan. So like, he won't talk to anybody. Um, of course. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, I don't need to talk to him anymore. Like I got what I needed out of him. Um, he's got big britches. But, uh, but yeah, before, before his book came out, uh, he, I was DMing back and forth with him on my, my other account for my other podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's a cool dude and, uh, and the book's freaking awesome. So I recommend it. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. That's it. We're going to wrap up. All right. Aliens. <laughs> that was it. No. That, was, that was the outro. Oh no. Okay. You've been listening to the Nerd Legion podcast with Nick Wetmore. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter at Nick Wetmore at Geekfun at Nerd Legion. If you are in these United States of America, then uh, happy gobble gobble. We didn't talk about gobble gobble. Yeah. Dog. Shameful. Uh, I gotta. I gotta use uh, Gundy's recipe because that shit looked awesome. Yeah, that loaf thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, enjoy your Thanksgiving. We'll be back next time. Ooh.